right, here we are live from Live Oak, ready to kick off the 2023 high school football season on WNZF. FPC to kick off to Swanee. Mike Licio along for the action here, getting started a little earlier than we expected. I wonder if the view to the north is why. Um, and we are underway. Picking up where Coach Fish left off, Ladarius Simmons is starting tonight at quarterback. So that's the answer to that question. Fielded at the 10, across the 20, to 25, all the way up to the 40. Out of bounds at the 47-yard line. Great start for the Swanee Bulldogs. Yes, sir. So, yeah, we're starting a little early, but it looks like to the north of us. I don't know how weather patterns go here. I know, like, in our neck of the woods, they go kind of southwest to northeast. I'm not sure if it's the same up here in the north florida area north central florida area but Uh oh um, here we go amateur uh, meteorologist yep, mike Licio. <laughs> i'm getting into it early but um yeah so the thing you missed was that ladarius simmons is starting at quarterback i'll have some keys to the game for you at some point too cody lying out there at quarterback for the swanee bulldogs takes the snap looks left throws left incomplete broken up by aiden peterson so let's get to those keys to the game real quickly here for Swanee, who has the ball. Went on first down, which they didn't there. They want to limit their obvious passing situations. They have a very young quarterback in Cody Lang. Cody Lang actually only did not attempt to pass last year. Well, there was a pass on his first possession of the season. This time throws over the middle, complete right at midfield. They're going to give him one more yard. Up to the FPC 49-yard line. That's going to bring up a third down in about six. And that was Logan Brooks, the tight end, on his reception. Finished drives. That was the problem for Swanee against FPC last year. They were able to move the ball pretty well, but they just couldn't finish drives. Cody Lang in the shotgun, running back to his right, faced a handoff, sets up a wide receiver screen, makes a move across the 45, has the first down, and a whole lot more. He's going to take it all the way to the house. Touchdown, Swanee, MJ Rosin. And Rosin just a little button hook there and spun around, and there was a good block there on the wide receiver screen, and he's just able to take it 49 yards to the house. How about that? Right away, three plays and a touchdown for the Swanee Bulldogs. A 49-yard wide receiver screen, that's what it was? Yes. Wow. Update from Groveland in the first quarter. Matanzas leads South Lake, South Lake 10-0. Setting up for the extra point, A.J. Hit On its way, and it is good. Just getting started here from Live Oak. The Swanee Bulldogs take a 7-0 lead over FPC with 11.07 left in the first quarter. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. AK Tires are your fast, friendly, local tire experts where you'll score big with lifetime balancing and rotation that's always included when you purchase four new tires. Don't pass up the savings you'll receive on new and used tires, custom wheels, alignments, and repairs at AK Tires. Plus, financing is available. Easy to find just one mile west of I-95 on State Road 100. You'll always make the right call when you call AK Tires, 437-0888. Online at aktires.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Live Oak, Florida, FPC down early, 7-0, just getting started here in 2023. Pretty exciting, the 
Matanzas Pirates already ahead in their game. And it was a nice drive up, right, Mike? It Not was bad. a nice drive. We had a good dinner at a place called the Brown Lantern. That's right. Highly recommend. Kickoff on its way, fielded at the goal line. Across the five. Up to the 15, splits the seam. Out to about the 23-yard line goes Cody, excuse me, yep. Chase McGee. You were right the first time. I was? Yeah. <laughs> wrong column. It was Cody Newton with the return. Cody Newton, thank you. This is what happens when you let Mike reformat a roster instead <laughs> of leaving it the way God intended. That's all right. So Ladarius Simmons takes his first snap at quarterback for the FPC Bulldogs. Fakes the handoff. Wide receiver screen of their own, but it's not going to go anywhere. Cody Newton again gets a yard on the play. Simmons shared the duties last year at Father Lopez, completed 67% of his passes for three touchdowns and a pick. He looked confident during warm-ups. At the spring game against Atlantic, Atlantic Coast last week, I thought he was the most efficient. Handoff to the left side. Nice hole there. Dragging tacklers is Marcus Mitchell up near the first down. Looks like he has it. And he does. First down Bulldogs. Nice hard run that time from Marcus Mitchell. Oh, we'll be saying that name a lot this year. Big stocky back. Now he lines up to the right of Simmons. Takes the handoff again off to the left tackle. Gets about two yards. Bulldogs back up to the line of scrimmage quickly. New offensive coordinator Jake Medlock runs in high-tempo offense. And he could throw the football pretty good. He was throwing some laser beams out there before the game. Simmons fakes the handoff, now throws. And it's almost intercepted. That was a tough play for Cody Newton to make because it was behind him. But it was. Simmons pulled it down and he threw it away from the defender. That was a good throw. That was a good thought. It just The throw was just a little off. If it was on, though, like you said, P.J. Davis probably makes the interception. So he threw it to the right side. Third down and long for FPC from their own 36-yard line. Three wide receivers to his right. Simmons takes a low snap, back to pass, now steps up in the pocket, tries to avoid the rush, but he is sacked all the way back at the 24-yard line. There is a flag on the play. As of right now, it is a 12-yard loss. Boy, that is a major storm system coming in this way. Keys to the game for FPC, protect the football. They had four turnovers last week. Flag was picked up. I'm guessing it was against FPC and declined. First punt of the game coming up for Chase McGee. Two men back to receive the kickoff for Swanee. It's a roller. Now Chase McGee's going to try to roll out to his right. Disastrous. He's going to be pulled down back at the 10-yard line, and that's where Swanee will take over. It was a low snap roll to him. Then he couldn't field it properly, and he was taken down at the 10. Carson Cato, the long snapper for FPC, was injured last week against Atlantic Coast. And you saw right now they're still trying to solve that long snapper problem. For the other keys to the game for FPC, Ladarius Simmons. They need him to make plays, but they don't need him to make to be overzealous. 
that last sack was exactly a good example of that. He took what the he tried. He thought about getting rid of the ball, but took the sack instead. And instead of forcing a turnover, you've got Marcus Mitchell to lean on. You need to do that. Ball is going to be marked at the 12-yard line. First down and 10 there on the FPC 12. Handoff off the left side. Pushes the pile down to the 7-yard line, about 3 or 4 yards that time. That's Clay Starling on the carry. Another Clay, big back. Yeah, Clay will share time with Marquavius, Marquavius owner. Oh, I can't even talk. Marquavius Owens, who ran for over 1,000 yards last year. Second down and five from the six. He gets it again. This time the Bulldogs are all over Starling. He lost a couple yards that time back to the 10, and it's going to set up a third and seven from the 10-yard line. A field goal would be a win for the FPC defense here. That would be huge. And the way the wind is whipping out there, I don't think a field goal is a guarantee, or if they would even attempt it. You see those trees swirling in the distance. Everything is to the north is where this storm that you can't see is coming, but it seems to be so far pushing away from us. Looks like it's going to be a direct step to MJ Ross in a wildcat-type formation. He takes it. We're straight up the middle inside the five, dragged down about a yard and a half short of the first down. So I would say they probably go for it from here. I think so. I don't see a kicker coming out. A.J. Hit, who hit the extra point earlier, no pun intended, <laughs> Only attempted one field goal last year. Not a bad name for a kicker or a football player in general, huh? It would only be, from here, about a 20-yard field goal. But I like the call to go for it here. You were gifted a possession in the red zone. The worst-case scenario, FPC is going to start inside their own five. I like the call to go for it here. But I think, I think that Kyler Hall... It, the Bulldogs coach is thinking about it. Yeah, they're thinking about it right now. They're not sure what they want to do. They might take a timeout here, and they will. We'll take it with them. Swanee knocking on the door for another score. FPC looking for a stop. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. They do a lot more than just look good. They keep out the Florida heat. Hi, this is Christina with Blinds and Plantation Shutters by Jason. Verticals, horizontals, roll-ups, and the popular Key West Plantation Shutters. Anything you want, we can do it. Did you know that you can put plantation shutters on your sliding glass doors? We're family-owned, local, and we'll never send your measurements off to China. Look at our website and see what we've done for your neighbors. Blinds by Jason. Back here at Live Oak, the Swanee Bulldogs knocking on the door. They got the ball at their own three-yard line. Now, there is a first down to be had at the two, so they could get a first down and, and extend the drive before scoring a touchdown, and they are going to go for it, or are they? A beautiful night here at Paul Langford Stadium, and it looks like they're going for it. We thank Frank Allen, the athletic director at Swanee High School, for being a gracious host. Wishbone formation. They're going to try to sneak it right up the middle. And it looks like they were stalled. I think the FPC Bulldogs stopped them. That's not the play I would have run. The defensive line is the strength of the FPC defense. Ethan LaPepa, Colby Cronk, big number 55, Case Dennis, who weighs in at three hundred, excuse me, 240 pounds. 
Oh, yeah, they stuffed that's, them, man. That is not that is a big win for the FPC defense there. Great job by Daniel Fish's defensive unit to get a goal line near goal line stand. Well, now uh, they got the, a tough job ahead of them. Ball at their own four-yard line. Simmons is going to hand the ball off to Mitchell, but the play is blown dead. Flags on the field. And it's going to be offsides against the defense, so that's going to move the ball up five yards to the nine. It'll be second down and five for the FPC Bulldogs. Little breathing room for the young quarterback, Ladarius Simmons. Attempted 37 passes last year. Last week I was at the spring game, or spring game, the kickoff classic against Atlantic Coast, and it felt like there was a spark when Ladarius Simmons was behind center. He's in the shotgun, takes the snap, flags on the field again. Second play in a row, blown dead. Think FPC's giving it back? No, it's against Swanee again, and that'll be a first down. All right, first Bulldog, first down of the game. On two Swanee Bulldog turnovers, the FPC Bulldogs with the green helmets, white jerseys, and green football pants, and the Swanee Bulldogs, it's green up and down. Simmons takes snap handoff to Mitchell up the middle. He's met immediately. Gets about a, no, he breaks a tackle, tries to get to the outside, turns what was no gain into about a gain of three with some tough running. You know what you can't do to Marcus Mitchell? Arm tackle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Unless you're the Incredible Hulk, that is not going to work. It's going to be a second down and seven for the Bulldogs, the FPC Bulldogs, from their own 17, seven minutes to go here in the first quarter. Simmons takes the snap, handoff to Mitchell again. He's a workhorse. Across the 20, that's going to set up a third down and about four for FPC. And that's good. Keep it third and short. Keep it where you have the option. Third and four in high school is not like in the NFL where you're almost always throwing. Third and four, you have the entire offense at your disposal. Darius Simmons has three wide receivers to his right, one to his left. Oh, and the Bulldogs offsides that time. Not sure everyone was clear on the snap count that time. FPC's quarterback situation, very interesting. D.J. Murray started spring practice with FPC and then transferred in the middle of spring. Caden Gonzalez was the only quarterback on the roster for the spring game. He played the entire spring game. Ladarius Simmons got here from Father Lopez in the summer. Now we have a third and long. Simmons back to pass, looks right, throws right, and it's complete. And he breaks a tackle. Does Roman Caliendo, but he's not going to get the first down, and the Bulldogs will be forced to punt once again, deep in their own zone. Picked up four on the play, but not quite enough. Roman Caliendo, a big target, replacing Daniel DeFalco, who's at Matanzas now. Yeah, and with all the equipment on and everything, he almost looks like the same guy. This time a high snap, and it's almost blocked, but he gets it away. It floats beyond the 50, takes an FPC bounce inside the 40, and it's fielded there. And he's going to make sh- No, he breaks the tackle. Gets to the outside, across the 50, into FPC territory, and he is laced out of bounds, but that draws some flags as well. I think it may have been somebody on the FPC sideline who hit him. That was an interesting play. Looked like, uh, you know, it's the type of ball you leave alone, you don't field it, it's it's dangerous. But he did field it, broke a tackle, then got into FPC territory. 
Jadarius Horn, the junior returner, with a big return there, about 20 yards. Yeah, about 20 yards up to the FPC 45. And as you said, something happened on the sideline there. Looked like he got hit hard out of bounds, but maybe something happened with an FPC player on the sideline because there are two flags on the field. You were talking about it before we came on the air. There's not a lot of room between the sideline and the fence for the stands. And so a lot of people kind of packed into a compact space around midfield. And I wonder if somebody collided. They haven't announced the flag yet. It's a discussion going on. Here comes the head official. They're moving it up, I think. Tripping probably from the sideline. So it's running into the kicker, I'm being told. So so we got offsetting penalties that time. We got a running into the kicker. Good field position for the Swanee Bulldogs. See, I can be taught. (laughs) Let's see where uh, the final spot is. But, hey, Swanee got the ball at the 10 and didn't score, so. It's got to give you a little confidence if you're an FPC Bulldog fan. Now, we haven't seen Marquavius Owens. Uh, That's interesting to note. He did run for 1,187 yards. Swanee lost 38-10 on the field. FPC had to forfeit the game later in the season. They went on a run after this, winning 9 of their next 10 after, or 9 of their next 11 after FPC and making a deep run to the playoffs. They're taking the timeout on the field. We'll take it with them. 7-0 Swanee, 547 to go in the first quarter. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Hey, it's bad enough you can't see. Then you have to wait three weeks to get your eyeglasses. Hi, this is Jade with iStyle Optical. Because we have our own in-house lab, you'll get new eyeglasses the same day or the next day. Come see us in Palm Coast in the Winn-Dixie Plaza on Palm Coast Parkway. The Eat and Play Combo is back at Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach. Available Monday through Friday, pick one of six entrees and a $35 power card, all for $39.99. Join us for trivia on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., half-price game Wednesdays, and karaoke on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Skip the rain and the heat at your home of eat, drink, play, and watch. Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach, you know you want to. I-95, exit 265 by the Tanger Outlets. Live Oak, the Bulldogs have the football. First down and 10 from their own 20. Simmons keeps it himself, tries to get to the outside. He's going to be sacked. Line of scrimmage was the 23. He sacked back at the 20. And the rain has started to fall, and it's a vertical rain. It is. I think it was just because we're so high up here. You know. <laughs> we're in the clouds, man. You actually like that when you're doing football, though. You like to be up high. You like to be able to see everything. Does have a dramatic effect, the rain. Simmons takes snap, another wide receiver screen. This time to Cody Newton. Makes a move, pushed out of bounds. Gets about five, up to the 25. It's going to set up a third and long. So a five-yard completion. They like that wide receiver screen to Cody Newton. Newton's second catch, and I think they just called a lightning delay. Oh, we are delayed because of weather. So the rule is it's 30 minutes from the last lightning strike. Bulldogs, and I mean all the Bulldogs, the FPC Bulldogs, 
the Swanee Bulldogs all heading off the field now. I'm glad we're sitting on a giant piece of metal. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Lights are flickering. With five minutes and 11 seconds left in the first quarter, we are in a weather delay, a lightning delay, and that's not what we wanted to see. After the long trip up to Live Oak, Mike. <laughs> we should have just stayed at the Brown Lantern. Oh, yeah, yeah. What a great place. Some good burgers. I had the steak tips. Delicious. Hand-breaded chicken strips. Yeah, maybe we should close these windows. That's a good idea. And take a break. Definitely take the equipment that's outside those windows in, huh? <laughs> Let's finish off those first quarter uh, commercials back at the studio and figure out what we're going to do here. There's going to be at least a 30-minute delay We'll see how this develops. There's five minutes and 11 seconds left in the first quarter. 7 nothing Swanee over FPC. We will be back after this. Tired of having to be the taxi for your kids? They could get their license today. Why wait for them to take a driving test with the state and sit in the DMV office for hours? That is, if you can even get an appointment. It's easy and hassle-free to make an appointment with Elite Driving School. They can take a state driving test right on the spot with trustworthy and qualified instructors and get their driver's license right away. Call Elite Driving School, now testing seven days a week in Flagler and St. John's County. 904-481-9490. 904-481-9490. Or visit EliteDrivingSchoolFL.com. When you need cash, cash it in. Hi, this is Rich. And I'm Shelly. We pay cash for just about everything. And we buy gold. Anything of value, chances are we'll pay you cash. Oh, and if you're looking for a great deal on a diamond ring. We got a great selection of jewelry in stock. Come in and check us out. Musical instruments, DVDs, video games, and more. You never know what you're going to find at Cash It In Jewelry and Pawn. We're easy to find just one mile west of Belterra on 100. So come see us. Or give us a call at 263-2920. And cash it in. Advent Health is bringing more to Flagler County. That's more convenience, more services, more care. We've expanded our services in Palm Coast, bringing added convenience and world-class specialty care, including emergency, cardiology, and surgery. With the opening of Advent Health Palm Coast Parkway, a 100-bed full-service hospital, residents of Flagler and St. John's Counties will now have two locations where they can access exceptional health care close to home. Advent Health Palm Coast Parkway Hospital is now open. Visit AdventHealthPalmCoastParkway.com to learn more. Back here at Live Oak, Florida. It is a weather delay, a lightning delay, with 5-11 left to go in the first quarter. Swanee, a 7 nothing lead over the FPC Bulldogs. I'm talking to uh, officials here, and they say there is at least a 30-minute delay. So what we're going to do is we are going to replay the Football County kickoff show that ran before the game. That's about a half hour long, so... Uh, if you missed it, some some great interviews there. You get both the coaches, Coach Fish and uh, Coach Forrest from the Matanzas Pirates and some players sprinkled in there as well. So if you missed it, enjoy the uh, Flagler Football County kickoff show, and hopefully we'll be back with some football in 30 minutes. Here come the FPC Bulldogs. It is time for some football. He takes the snap, looks left, throws it down the middle. He has a wide-open man. It's caught at the 40-yard line, the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Bulldogs. Now 
it's a handoff up in the middle of parking. He's on his way. The five touchdown. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Live from Live Oak, Florida, it is Flagler County High School football. Tonight, the FPC Bulldogs look to start the season the same way they did last year with a win over the Swanee Bulldogs. I'm Rich Carroll, along with Mike Licio. We'll be bringing you all of the action. Kickoff is scheduled for 7.30 tonight, so we have a very special Football County kickoff show starting right now to get you ready for kickoff at 7.30. Mike Licio, what's up, man? How's it going? The longest 40 weeks of the year is finally over, Rich. We <laughs> finally made it to football season. Oh, man, I am pumped up. That's right. It is time for some football. The FPC Bulldogs, we got that game for you tonight. Of course, the Matanzas Pirates in action as well. Oh, man, we're just getting started, Mike. Yeah, both teams on the road to start the season. Our third Bulldog versus Bulldog matchup in 12 games, Rich. Did you realize that? <laughs> I did not realize that, but that's amazing. It's true. Every other game is Bulldog versus Bulldogs. And we'll end the season with FPC versus DeLand. So we'll talk about our schedule coming up this year and talk about a lot of things in the show. We'll have some special interviews with Matanzas and FPC football players and coaches. We'll preview both those games. And if we have some time, we'll get into the districts. If not, we'll talk about that at halftime. But we're going to get you ready for football season like no one else can. Oh, yeah. And we got the voices of the players, the coaches right here on your Football County kickoff show. Where are we going first, Mike? Let's go with Matanzas. You know, the Pirates are coming off of a 5-5 five and five season, an injury-ravaged season. And they had to overcome some adversity to even get to five and five. And they had some help from FPC with a forfeit. But there, the needle is pointing up for Matanzas. And this feels like a special year. One of the key things for Matanzas is that they've gotten Jordan Mills back. Jordan got hurt at the end of last season. He played hurt through most of the season and just got to the point where you go from hurt to injured. And he's going to be a big part of Matanzas' football team this year and a big part of the reason that I think they're going to be very successful this year. Let's hear what Jordan thinks about this year. For those who don't know, you compete in football, weightlifting, wrestling, track and field. Which is your favorite? My favorite is football. And why is that? I just love playing football since I was very young. It's the sport I've played my whole life. And I just love the brotherhood of it. Getting out there, making plays, hitting people, and putting points on the board. Do you have a preference, offense or defense? I love offense, but defense. I love defense. That's my first love. I've got a hard-hitting question for you. Who's the best athlete in your family? <laughs> um... That's a tough one. I'm going to go with my mom. I knew it would be. That's why I put it out there. You have gotten to wrestle along with your sister. What's it been like sharing that journey with her? It's amazing. She actually got into wrestling, my freshman year wrestling at Matanzas High School. The coaches just helped her grow a love for the sport, and she loves it now. I just love watching her go out there and do her best. She actually does some really great things wrestling. The girls won the state championship last year, and she's placed at these national tournaments. I just love watching her out there wrestling. I think they're headed right back to a state championship this year, too. Yes, sir. You played through a lot of pain last season. Where does that toughness come from? Ever since I was very young, my mom and my dad have just raised me to play through pain. They always preach if you're hurt, but you can still play. 
then play. But if you're injured, take it seriously, sit out, heal, and rest. But if you're just hurting, you got to have that toughness to push through. And it's the same way with my brothers. I had two older brothers, and, you know, if you grow up with older brothers, you just got to be tough. So they helped me with that toughness. That's certainly the truth. And you were recovering from an injury this offseason. What was that like? There was definitely some hard times in there. I missed out on a lot of wrestling, running, and football, and it was definitely tough sitting on the sidelines, watching my teammates go out there and practice and play. And I definitely missed it, but just knowing that I could come back for my senior year, knowing that I owe the team for leaving them last year and uh, sitting out the last few games last year, just knowing I, I got to come back this year with absolute 100% and just giving it my all. You've been here with Coach Forrest from the beginning. What's your relationship like with him? I feel like I have a really good relationship with Coach Forrest. He's been a great coach for me. And I came to Matanzas my freshman year, his first year coaching there because I knew he was a new coach, and he said that he would play the best players on the field. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go over there and show him what I got. And ever since then, I've just enjoyed playing for him. He's a great coach, and he actually cares for us as human beings off of the football field. So we make sure that we're doing the right things and make sure that we're going to grow up to be great young men and not just great football players. You and your teammates have had to overcome some adversity through those years, whether it was just meeting Coach Forrest 10 days before the first season or a rash of injuries last year. What have you and your team taken from those experiences? We just know that there's going to be tough times. So we've faced a lot of adversity, and there's nothing that we can do about it. We just have to keep showing up and keep doing what we can do, doing the best that we could do, and pushing through the tough times because adversity will come. There's no telling when it will come, so we just have to be ready when it happens. It's kind of just brought us closer as a team, stepping up from a young age. I think it's just pulled us closer together as a brotherhood and as a team. You come from a close-knit family. What's it like to be able to go into the locker room and have a second family that's close like that? It's just great being able to go to the school and have that brotherhood there, have these close friends that, I, that I've known for years on the team, even ones who I've just met this year that I already have a strong connection with and a strong bond with. It's just really great to know that you have those guys out there that will have your back on Friday through the thick and thin and push through adversity with you. You've been on some college visits. Any school standing out to you right now, or are you still just keeping your options open? I'm keeping my options open right now i'm gonna tell those schools how i play this year send out my film and i'm looking to commit hopefully by the end of this year or start of next year have any idea what you want to do in school yet well right now i'm about to finish my bachelor's degree at daytona state college and that's in business management once i'm done with that it depends really where i go to school what i'm going to be focusing on it feels like there's something special in the air at matanzas this year do you feel that Yes, sir. I definitely feel that it's a different excitement in the air and feeling with the team that I haven't felt in the years before. We've always been excited and we've always been ready to play, but now it feels like the whole program is ready to play. And every player is buying in, even the young guys, the freshmen. I feel like this program is going to be special. There's a record number of kids in the program this year. Do you feel like that's helped you step up as a leader? Yes, sir. With the help of my coaches, my coaches have really had one-on-one talks with me and told me that I, what I need to do. They've really helped me build the confidence to step up as a leader and lead these young guys, putting it in the eyes of when I was a freshman, I had someone to look up to. Now I need to lead these young guys and get them ready to start their high school career with football and be ready for the Friday night. Wow, there you go. Jordan Mills sounding great. Great interview, Mike. Uh, he. You know, it sounds like he's really pumped up for this season because maybe last year it didn't go exactly the way he wanted it to. And really, that that's the case for the entire program. They had a lot of injuries and, uh, you know, still they fought hard and had a better season than you would expect, uh, you know, with the injuries. But man, oh, man, that was a fun interview with Jordan Mills. He's, he's really 
uh, I think he's going to have a great season his senior year here. And, and the whole story about him wrestling with his sister, you just can't beat stuff like that. That's what makes local sports really great. You know, it really is a family atmosphere for Jordan, both in the building and outside the building. You know, he has a very close relationship with his sister and his older siblings. But he said his mom was the best athlete in the family. You know, I put him on the spot there. You know, that's what I do, Rich. I, I ask the hard-quitting, hitting questions, and I put pressure on people. <laughs> and so I made him answer the tough question, and he went with mom. So that's pretty awesome to hear. A lot to be expected from Matanzas this year. They're going to be at Groveland South Lake tonight, and Matt Forrest is going to talk a little bit about them in just a moment. But I think they're the second-best team in the district. And I'm not just saying that because <laughs> I'm overly conceited about my alma mater. St. Augustine's currently ranked 10th in the state in Class 3S, and I think they're actually underranked in that case, coming off a big win against Spruce Creek. But other than that, there's not an opponent on Matanzas' schedule that they don't have the potential to beat including a certain team on September 15th in the Potato Bowl. Not saying they're going to, but I'm going to tell you that the Potato Bowl this year is going to be a dog fight or maybe a pirate fight. Yeah, a dog <laughs> and pirate fight maybe, you know, <laughs> a dog versus a pirate. Um, but, yeah, for sure, Matanzas has a shot in that game, and, and that's a game, the Potato Bowl, that the Matanzas Pirates have not often won in the history of this matchup. In fact, technically, they have three wins, but only two on the field. Last year, they got a win in that game. But when I talked to Matt Forrest, he didn't mention FPC at all. I think he's got his eyes on his team and what they need to do. And I talked to him about that team, and here it is, my interview with Matt Forrest. Pirates hit the ground running in the kickoff classic, taking on a mainland team that was 90 seconds away from a state championship and has two D linemen who would be college starters right now. What did you learn against this type of competition last Friday? I think we learned how far we got to go, and I don't think it's super far. I think our guys responded to, to that top-tier competition very well. We made some mistakes out the gate. You know, we gave up a punt return for a touchdown down 7 nothing, so I got us to 14 nothing, and then we had a turnover to give a short field to them. But, I mean, even even with that, we had a pick six toward the end of the half trying to do a two-minute drill and get some points on the board. We had a turnover in the red zone. I think our guys did really well. I think our defense played really well offensively. We rushed for, I think, 59 yards on 13 carries, four and a half yards a pop, and had some big runs. I think we got some stuff to clean up on offense, which we, we know and we've already started to address during this week of practice, but to only give up 14 points offensively to a very talented, I believe, a state championship caliber team in Mainland. Then our JV played really well in the second half. I think we did really good. I think we know exactly where we're at. I think we got a chance to be really good, but we got to clean up some mistakes. And it's always good to know where your team and program's at. So we're excited to kick off week one. Last season, your team endured a lot of injuries. It seems like all those players have come back to play with purpose. What has practice been like this fall? It's been a lot crisper, like I said. I think the kids finally understand and, and embrace kind of our culture and our tempo and what we're trying to accomplish. We're off the practice field in two hours. That's every day. And, and sometimes we're off in an hour and 45, hour and 50. And that's because we're just very efficient this season. So that's a credit to our coaching staff and our players being able to execute at a high level on the practice field. We're in meetings by 2.50. We're out on the practice field by 3.30. And we're off the practice field by 5.30. Those guys, coaches and players, are very efficient. And that's something that I've noticed for this 2023 team. 
Cole Hash, he's more than Rich Carroll's favorite athlete. He's a state weightlifting champion and a leader. Cole took on every challenge you threw at him last year. How much has he meant to the locker room both on and off the field? He's a heck of a leader. On the field, he, he gets in the right spot, and he's a high-energy kid. And uh, off the field, uh, he kind of gauges the temperature of the guys in the room, and he's a great ambassador for our football program off the field. His role is a little more defined this year as of now. We're kind of trying to keep him at Mike Backer so he can be fresh and 100% at that position. We bring him over every now and then for some offensive series and offensive plays because he's been a four-year starter on offense pretty much. But we're able to take care of him a little bit better, and that's something that's going to be great for his long-term health and his college career, being able to keep him healthy. And again, the development of people around him, the development of our program as a whole, we've got guys that can that can play positions and compete on the field on Friday nights. That's taken a large burden off his shoulders. He doesn't have to do it all. He's just got to do his job to the best of his ability, which is high level. And uh, we got guys around him that are stepping up to the plate and, like I said, taking that weight off his shoulders. One of the keys to building a winning team, at least in my opinion, is to get as many track guys and weightlifting guys on your team as possible. Much like Cole Hash, Jordan Mills is one of those guys and excels at everything he does. Doubly so in football. What does Jordan bring to this program? He's a very versatile athlete as well. He started off as a defensive. He was kind of the opposite of Cole. Cole's program is the offense only guy. Jordan started off as a starting corner as a freshman and really got thrown into the fire, but had some great games as a freshman, and especially in the playoff game against Mainland, had a big interception and, and some big stops. Again, another guy that, that has just sold his, his heart and soul into our football program and getting those guys to really buy in and benefit. And He's a guy that's, that, again, is a great representation of our culture and, and what we do try to build young men. We're proud of him and what he's been able to accomplish, and he's another guy that's going to go off to the next level and be a great representative of this community. How do you feel about your offense coming into the season? In camp, defense always gets the upper hand. Defense is always ready for what you do. And then by your installing and slowly installing your offense, they see things day after day after day, and, and they can start to play it. And it's just kind of the natural progression to where your offense kind of catches up to your defense. Like I said, I think our defense is playing really well. I think offensively, there's no schematic errors or anything. There's just some execution errors. We've got to correct just some little things, you know, up front, some blocking on the perimeter that we got to fix along with some attention to detail on our route running. And, you know, overall accuracy from the quarterback position. Like I said, we're going to clean some things up, but I feel like our offense is definitely on track. We're good from a knowledge standpoint. We know our offense by now. You know, it's the fourth year in the system, and there's been little tweaks and sudden changes here and there, but overall, our offense, we are who we are. We know what to do. It's just the fine-tuning execution of how to do it, and you know, that takes time, and as long as we're getting a little bit better, 1% better each and every day, and I like where we're going to be as the season progresses. Talking about your defense, sometimes you get false hope on a defense in the summer because of what you just said. They know what's coming. They kind of have an advantage there. How did it feel to see your defense go up against a different team and still seem to hold strong against a high-powered offense? Oh, I think, like I said, I think our defense played really well. We made Mainland earn the long drive that they got, and then, like I said, the other one was a short field, and we kind of made a, not really a a bad error, but Mainland just made a play. They got bodies on bodies, and and we didn't really get off blocks, but Mainland's going to do that to a lot of people. We're not the first ones, and we're not the last. They're just, they're going to make plays on them. But we limited the big play, which was good to see. Made them earn it.
I think we got a lot of spots on defense where we got a lot of depth. I think we got five or six defensive linemen that we can rotate in. I think we got some young secondary guys that have earned some playing time to be able to spell some of those guys like Shamarion and Jordan on the back end. You know, and at linebacker, we got some guys that are coming along as well, some sophomores and juniors. Big thing for us is I think, you know, and it's across the board, not just defensively, but I think we got some depth. And I think we've done, you know, our coaches and the kids have done a good job of, of developing talent, developing depth. And that's kind of the staple of our program is it doesn't matter if you're the starter or the 10th string, you know, you're getting coached the same. The same fine details are getting taught to you no matter where you are on the depth chart. And when you pour into each position like that, you never know what's going to happen to a 13, 14-year-old kid by the time he's 15, 16, 17, 18. Just that attention to detail and the things that we do in our program and, and develop them in the weight room and developing the entire aspect of the, of the person, socially, academically, athletically. You know, you're not going to have five stars all over the football field, but we got really good high school football players that we can plug in and they can get the job done on a Friday night. Now, they may not be flashy, but they're hardworking kids that show up every day and can give us a chance to win a football game. I think defensively, that was the thing that I saw rotating a bunch of kids in, trying to keep kids healthy, trying to keep them fresh, and still being able to compete at a high level was really positive to see. What can we expect to see from your opponent this week, Southlake? They look good on film. They kind of look like us in the sense of they've got some good players on the football field. They make some mistakes here and there, but they look really talented. they got a really good Mike Backer. they got a really good running back, wide receiver. Their offensive line seems to be fairly big. They move pretty well. Their secondary looks tough. they got a good safety and corner combo. They kind of put them on the same field to try to lock down what looks like the better receivers that they're going to face. I think it's kind of like looking in the mirror a little bit, and whoever executes the best in all three phases of the game, I feel like is going to win. We're trying to harp on just our execution and our effort. I think our effort's there. If our execution gets back on par with that, where we're not making mistakes and forcing other people to make mistakes, I think we can come out with a win, but it's going to be a hard-fought game. We're excited to get the season kicked off, the games that matter. We're going to take a long bus ride down and hopefully come back with a win. All right, that's Matanzas Pirates head football coach Matt Forrest. You're listening to the Football County Kickoff Show. We're getting you ready for kickoff at 7.30. FPC Swanee. And, yeah, Mike, you're expecting big things from the Pirates this year. I certainly am. Now, he told me, Coach Forrest, that Groveland Southlake was 0-10 last year, but they're not the same team. One thing to note, we'll keep you updated. That game is underway, and we'll keep you updated on that score as we go through the night. But Jackson Lundahl is starting tonight. Daquan Evans is nursing a hand injury. He will be available next week, but as a precaution, he is being held out tonight. Let's switch gears. Let's let's talk about our game here at, up here in beautiful, hot, sultry Live Oak, where it's currently over 90 degrees. It's supposed to cool down, and I it can't cool down fast enough. We've got a game here tonight where FPC has a lot to prove. You know, you'll hear – Daniel Fish talk a little bit about doubters in the preseason, but, you know, this is an FPC team that's trying to get off the ground. And I think one of the players that's going to take them there is Colby Cronk. I was at Colby Cronk's first practice after a season-ending injury last year, and in 15 years I've never seen anyone practice the way he does. It was something incredible. And you'll hear why. Colby Cronk loves football, and I asked him just about that. What do you love most about football? I love the physicality of it. It's awesome. I really think it's the greatest sport ever. I got a passion for it, so yeah, I'd say the intensity, physicality of it. You practice and play with that fierce intensity. Why? I guess you better. One thing I really believe in is um, iron sharpens iron. So I believe if I go intense and the person comes with me, it's intense, uh, works 110%, you know, we're going to get better. 
What has the recruiting experience been like for you? I've gotten some attention from club colleges. It's, uh, it's really awesome. Really an honor, I'd say. Pretty quite cool. When you got hurt last year, you were really having a breakout season. What was going through your mind at that moment? I was really, really nervous. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I was just really nervous that I wouldn't be able to pull again. That's uh, a really, really big fear of mine because I, I just love the sport. It's awesome. But um, luckily, that's not the case. <laughs> what was rehab like for you? They put me in a cast for about uh, like a month or two. And then they put me in a, um, what's it called, a brace. And after that, they said I could start walking, and I went to around Lake Mary to go get uh, physical therapy. When Coach Paxia left, some of your teammates left for other schools. Did you ever consider leaving? And if not, why did you stay at FPC? I'd say because I have a, I have a loyalty there. You know, I really like the school. I was there for um, two years at the time. I thought it was a good fit for me. What has the transition to Coach Fish been like? It's been awesome, yeah. We've got uh, a couple new coaching staff members. They bring excitement. It's awesome for the team. I think it's uh, a really good change, if anything. You've got the OG Coach Lightsey back as well. What's it like playing for him? It's awesome. I love him. He got a, an old style, but it's great. He got that physical mindset, and I love that. What are your goals for this season? Uh, for the team, I'd say district championship and, of course, going all the way to uh, state championship. That's, uh, that's a big goal. All right, there you go, Colby Cronk, FPC Bulldog, as we're getting all set up, getting ready for kickoff at 7.30 here between the FPC Bulldogs and the Swanee Bulldogs. I love what you said, Mike. We made the trip to Live Oak, so you don't have to. Nowhere else I'd rather be. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But great interview there with Colby Cronk. Really, he's going to be the staple of that defensive line, right? I think he's bound to have a double-digit sack season. I expect north of 70 or 80 tackles this year from him. I think he's going to end up on a lot of people's radars. His biggest offers right now are South Florida and Pitt, but I think there's bigger ones coming because Colby Cronk is going to come out of this game. You'll see it tonight. He'll be shot out of a cannon. He is chomping at the bit to get on the field. He had three sacks last week in the kickoff classic, forced a fumble. He's just a menace. I even You might have seen a tweet I put out where I texted somebody and said, Colby Kronk is a menace. His coach, Daniel Fish, is pretty excited about him, too. But Daniel Fish is excited about a lot of things, and he had a lot of enthusiasm despite a tough offseason. Daniel Fish had a lot to say about his FPC Bulldog team. FPC hired you late in the offseason because of the sudden departure of Robert Paxia. You had kids leave, kids come back, some kids stayed, new kids came, and you only had one available quarterback in the spring game. How challenging was the offseason? Uh, the offseason was really challenging. Obviously, you know, taking over in, at the beginning of April with about three weeks before spring practice starts, that's not ideal for any head football coach or any football program, especially one of the magnitude of FPC. It definitely presented a lot of challenges. There was a lot of things that had to be done right away that got crammed into to such a little time. But, you know, I feel real confident about what we've been able to accomplish in, in just three short months. We put in a lot of work. We, we had a great spring. Spring, won a great come-behind game in, in the spring, kind of shorthanded, as you said, in the quarterback room and a, and a couple injuries to some key players. And then we kind of rode that momentum into the summer. Had some growing pains in the summer. Had a couple guys come in, which was great, and, and provided some depth. Got some guys in some areas where we really needed them. I think the biggest thing for us in the summer and, and this fall is trying to rebuild the culture and the system that we want to run and put in front of these guys. And I think the coaches have done a great job of it. I think the kids have done a great job embracing it. Obviously, we still have a long way to go. It takes a while to build the type of program that you want, but 
but I think we're starting to hitting the ground running as far as figuring out who's going to play where and who's going to back up who where and and just letting these kids know that we're going to live by a certain culture by a certain standard and if you don't meet that standard then it's going to be tough for you to get out there on the field and it's tough for us to be successful as a football team. Turning to that kickoff classic last week turnovers early gave Atlantic Coast a two touchdown lead they had just 16 yards of offense to get those two touchdowns but your team outscored them nine nothing from there the defense didn't allow any scores the rest of the game what did that show about your team's resolve? I think it showed a lot I think it showed that our kids aren't going to back down from anything they're going to continue to fight until we get triple zeros on the clock and I was proud of that and that's something that you can really build on something that instills confidence I think it also showed them look if we come out and, and do the things we're coached to do and we get off to a strong start we're going to be able to put it on a lot of people I think it also showed them if we get down we have to come together as a team and we'll be able to figure it out and come back against anybody but obviously we don't want to start another game like that because it's hard when you're in the highest classification and playing a lot of talented teams, it's hard to start that way and come back and get a win. But regardless of what happens, whether we start great, start poorly, start okay, FPC is always going to fight until the end, and we're always going to try to win late in the fourth quarter. One of the guys who embodies that spirit is Colby Cronk. He makes a case for being the best player in Flagler County. He had three sacks last week. He plays relentlessly. We see his contributions on Friday night, but tell our listeners what he's like Monday through Thursday. He's the same guy all the time. He is fearless. He has the best motor I've ever seen in a high school football player. Like we've talked about before, embodies everything that you want in a human being and a student and a leader and in a football player. He's pushing everybody around him to be the best they can be. He's pushing himself to improve every single day, classroom, weight room, on the field. And you got to beg for him to get it. Like, this dude's trying to hop in on scout team. He wants to give the offense a great look. He begs for extra conditioning he begs for extra reps so he's a guy you you have to like beg to calm down just so you can try to make sure he's healthy throughout the season but you know that's that's not a bad trade to have Isaac in my opinion I think he's going to have a breakout season what have you seen from him so far Mikhail has made some good strides since last year. You know, as a sophomore, I thought he was the best receiver on the team. And, you know, I think him and Cody Newton have both improved immensely since last season. I think, obviously, they're done a lot bigger roles with our the system, and they give us the opportunity to spread things out a little bit and give Marcus some more running rooms. Mikhail has done everything we've asked of him. He's been a leader everywhere he goes. He's out there making plays every day at practice. He's not going through the motions. He's bought into the system. He's bought into the culture and and he's a guy that's leading by example but also starting to take on the role that he hasn't had in the past which is lead by his voice and he's taking on a bigger leadership role this year I think he's improved a lot as a player and as a human being and he's a small guy but he's super strong man I mean he threw up 280 on the bench on our max days he'll block hard for his teammate he gets the ball in his hands he's going to make plays he's an excellent route runner and obviously has great hands and is able to make a big play at any time now, you talked about Colby Cronk. He and Ethan LaPeppa up front, they are part of your talented defensive front. How do you see your defense as a whole? Our defensive line is spectacular, as you saw Friday night. Obviously, Ethan and Cronk lead the way on that. Stacey Mitchell, 
Travell Adams and Charlie Perry, who has been out with an injury. He's not coming back this game, but he should be back for the Bishop Moore game. Those five guys are crucial to us, man. They create a lot of chaos in the backfield, whether it's run or pass. They do a good job um, squeezing on blockers and not letting them reach up to our linebackers. As a linebacker coach, I know we're young there. We don't have the most depth there, but I thought those guys performed pretty well Friday night. Obviously, we're, we're giving them the best coaching we can, all the knowledge and expertise, but those guys are watching the film like we're asking them. They're showing up to everything on time, and, and those guys have gotten better every day. I think we play really well as a unit together. I think we have a lot of chemistry. We're young, but we do the little things right. Your team had a lot of change in the offseason at the quarterback position. DJ Murray transferred in the spring. Kaden Gonzalez was your lone quarterback in the spring. Ladarius Simmons arrived. Cole Walker returned for the fall. With three kids in various stages, how do you determine who's going to be out there Friday, and how much does it highlight the value of having an offensive coordinator who has played the position? Uh, you know, as far as the offensive coordinator, Jake is one of the best in the area, in my opinion. And that's not just because we're close friends, but I played with him. I know his passion for the game. He has awesome coaching experience at the college level and at the high school level. He, he knows his stuff and, and he connects really well with the kids. Before we get into who's starting on Friday, all three of these guys have done a good job and done everything we've asked of them. We even have a fourth, Jacob Miller, who as soon as he starts to recover a little bit more from that lingering shoulder injury, that's another guy. Our quarterback room is deep, and, and we're, we're happy about that. We're excited about it. The hardest part about it is you can only put one of them out there. This week, Ladarius Simmons is going to get the start. We felt like in the game on Friday, he showed a lot of guts, a lot of grit. And then this week at practice, he's had a great week. I think the team's really kind of gravitated towards him. And we're going to give him a shot, and you know, hopefully he goes out there and solidifies himself and does a great job. I have no doubt that he will. What are you most excited about as you coach your first official game at FPC? I'm just excited to get back out there with the guys and, and go to war with this group, man. I, I've already created a really special bond with the team as a whole, the coaches. I'm excited to go back out there, kind of redeem ourselves. We had a spring game. We had a kickoff classic, but this is the debut. And it's not just my debut. It's FPC's debut in, in this new era of, of the culture we're trying to bring. FPC beat Swanee 38-10 last year on the field, but Swanee went on to win nine of their next ten, made a deep playoff run. This is a different team than the Bulldogs faced last year. Tell us about those Bulldogs. Yeah, I think they have a really talented team. To be honest with you, as I said, I felt like they're a little bit more talented than the team we played last last week so we got our work cut out for us just watching last year's game to this year's game you know I think they lost some good players and good key players but I think they returned the bulk of their team a couple guys in some crucial positions it's going to be a tough matchup for us and you know we believe we're going to we're a tough matchup for them as well 38-10 last year that was last year we had a completely different team completely different coaching staff they've improved since then we have a tough challenge ahead of us especially traveling three hours and, and like we talked about going in a different type of heat in a place that's more humid than what we're used to there's a lot of things that are going to be challenging before we even start the game so i think if we're able to stay focused and overcome some of the adversities that are presented to us before the game even starts i think once we get settled in and start playing alongside each other i think we'll be just fine there you go coach daniel fish moments away from his very first game as well first a regular season game as fpc head football coach sounds like he's excited for the season mike I think so, and I know we're excited for it, too, and I can't wait to come back and break down this game. Yes, we are moments away from kicking off the 2023 season with the FPC Bulldogs and the Swanee Bulldogs. We'll be back in 60 seconds 
You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on News Radio WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Oh, are we here? I thought we were going back to commercial. Okay. No, it's me. We're not going to commercial. Look, I was just talking to you. <laughs> recorded. recorded you were, Mike responded to the recorded version of me, which was amazing. It just shows the power of my voice. But, um, yeah, we're still here at Live Oak. 5-11 left in the first quarter. 7 nothing Swanee. And we're still in the lightning delay. So, FHSAA guidelines. It's a 10-mile radius, correct? Checking with... A.D. Scott Drabzik about that. So any lightning strike within a 10-mile radius of the athletic event, it's an automatic 30-minute delay from the last lightning strike within that radius. So we're looking at, best-case scenario, there's another one, probably about a 9 9 to 9.15 return to play. Get you updated, though, on some things going on. Spruce Creek be taking on Seabreeze, 7.6 and a half. I got a text from my nephew at Spruce Creek. Apparently... They fumbled on long with like five seconds left in the half, and Seabreeze picked it up to score. Matanzas is 17-8 at the half. Jackson Lundahl has a touchdown pass. Micah McGuire has a rushing touchdown. Landon Grover has a field goal. St. Augustine High is trailing Bowles 14-9. That's a big district game for Matanzas this year. Good to see Lundell get off to a good start there, yes. and the Pirates. Uh, Daquan the Evans is out with a hand injury. Um, but, yeah, so J- Jackson Lundell getting a start. Coach Forrest expects him to be back next week, Evans, and which we will be at Tokoy. Oh, yeah, that's right. And anytime you can get a win without just – and the Pirates, they know all about playing without their starting quarterback after last season, right, rotating so many guys in that position. And still, very strong season. They fought hard. Uh, and then you're faced with a similar situation here to start the season, and yet you're getting good play at the quarterback position, and you're winning that game. That game is a long ways away from home as well. It's about the same distance in the other direction from Palm Coast, away from the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike, you, you picked the game with the lightning. What's going on here? Well, you have not chosen wisely, my friend. I, you know, I call Chris Boyle of the News Journal the human lightning delay, and so I figured <laughs> if I got as far away from him as I possibly could, we'd be okay. And I was told that there's still plenty of lightning firing off north of here. So, Yeah, and we can't see that from where we are here at Paul Langford Stadium in Live Oak. Beautiful facility here. And it was, you know, the season gets started here in the first quarter and a beautiful wide receiver screen. For Swanee, it was about a 46-yard touchdown on the third play from scrimmage for the offense uh, to give the Swanee Bulldogs a 7 nothing lead. Then the Bulldogs come back on offense, and you have that disastrous punt situation. So it was a box snap, long snapper Carson Cato got injured in the um, kickoff classic last week at Atlantic Coast. So a new long snapper for FPC, still trying to work things out. and so It's kind of like a ground ball, and he just didn't field it right. Yeah. Uh, Chase McGee, all he could do was fall on it. And so great red zone stand by the FPC defense. They got the ball, I think, at the 10-yard line, Swanee did, and FPC was able to get them to turn over on downs. They had about a fourth and and a yard and a half, and they tried to sneak right up the middle, and the Bulldogs were all over it. And you can't do that. That's the strength of FPC is that defensive line. Yeah. um, LaPeppa, Travell Adams. Cody Cronk, of course. B. 
big number 55, Chase Dennis. That's the that is the strongest part of that defense. And they went right. You know, it was like let's go right at them, and it just didn't work out on that series. And as you said, the difference between you know seven nothing and thirteen nothing early in this game is huge, not just on the scoreboard but psychologically too, because you feel like we're still in this game, we can play with these guys. Let's go out there and get it done. One thing to keep an eye on, though, we've seen a lot of rain on this field. The field looks great, but we've seen a lot of rain on it, and that would seem to favor Marcus Mitchell, number four, running in four-wheel drive. He is a mutter. He is tough, and he these are the kind of conditions that play into his favor. We haven't seen Marquavius Owens, the running back for Swanee, who had 1,187 yards last year, so that's an interesting thing. We saw, we heard the coach, Coach Fish, on the uh, football kickoff classic, talking about Cody Newton. He's already had a bunch of touches. Nice kickoff return, couple of wide receiver screens. Yep, he's caught two passes. He had that kickoff return as well. Darius Simmons has completed three of his first four passes, albeit for 10 yards. But I've liked the decision making, even the one incompletion. It was a ball behind Cody Newton, and he had to make an awkward turn and couldn't get to it, but he threw it to the right spot because he threw it away from the defender. So even with the incompletion, that was a good decision by the quarterback. Yeah, you got a sense that if he did throw it more to the inside, more of an accurate pass, it was going to be picked off. So it it definitely felt like uh, Simmons did that on purpose, hoping that uh, Newton could make a play on it, and he almost did. You know, and also when he took a sack, he took a sack on third down, but... In that situation, you saw him trying to lift the ball up, like maybe I should try to throw my way out of this, and instead pull it back in, which is a nice heads-up decision you want to see from a sophomore quarterback who has the presence of mind to not make the, not try to be the hero and not try and make a bit, an impossible play and put yourself in a worse position. So that's another lightning strike. Yeah, so that was a huge lightning strike right right over the field too, right in front of us. So we'll have it's a 30 minute delay and then about a 10 minute warm up period, so 10 to 20 minutes warm up period. So we're looking now at a return to play of it the earliest about 9:15. Yep, and it's a 7 nothing lead again for Swanee, still 5:11 to go in the first quarter, the longest first quarter in the history of uh FPC Bulldog football. But I will say this um, we're making a lot of history this week, Mike, because this is the longest road trip for the broadcast crew in uh, WNZF Flagler Broadcasting history. Yes, we previous record was 147 yards each way. We went to Sebastian River to see Matanzas play Sebastian River in Bureau Beach, a 10 nothing loss for the Pirates. That was an interesting game in that the Pirates held Sebastian River to 94 yards of offense and lost. And it was 10 nothing. So you think a touchdown and a field goal. Well, you'd be wrong. It was a touchdown and two safeties. Mm. And it was a punt return on the touchdown and a drop and then two safeties. So it was an interesting game. But that game was like two hours and 15 minutes. I think we were already <laughs> yeah. closing in. So, yeah, I know. So uh, it might be the longest broadcast in history as well. We'll see what happens uh, by the end of the night. But, all right, uh, we're, we're broadcasting to Flagler County the farthest away ever and then on top of that in the morning we will have the first ever show from our car right because the plan is when we leave live oak on the drive home we're going to record the post game show a very special rich and mike sports show from the car on the ride home that's never been done before we're making history mike 
I've talked about it all week on the morning sports. You can hear those on Flagler's, Flagler Morning News, 6 to 9 a.m. on WNZF. And I've talked about it all week that we are pulling out all the stops for football this yeah. year. We've gotten, we had the football county kickoff show. We've got 10 games and hopefully more than that if we get into the playoffs. We've had coach interviews, player interviews, and we're going to have a lot more of that the entire season. So it was, it's been a very exciting week. And the excitement continues with, as you said, our very special post-game show from the car. From the car. Whenever that may be. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll be even even more because we didn't think that we'd be taking that ride home, you know, at 1 in the morning or something like that. So we'll see how this all works out. A couple of scoring updates. Matanzas still at the half, leading 17-8. Bowles is up 16-14 on St. Augustine. And it is 14-6 Spruce Creek over Seabreeze. So those are scores around the area from people I know at the games, namely my son and nephew. (laughs) It's the network of Mike Licio minions out there following all these games. Let me tell the people. Can I tell the people my nephew's Spruce Creek story? Sure. So my nephew Nolan is a freshman at Spruce Creek. He had his first day of school on Monday. Spruce Creek, I live actually in St. Augustine. Spruce Creek's about 60 miles from my house. Nolan... Um, text me and he says about an hour after school starts he says do you know coach moody and of course he's referring to former fpc coach tommy moody who is now the offensive line coach of spruce creek and i said yeah i know coach moody i said does he remember me he said yeah he does he says hello and he said he also wants me to tell you that coach ham is still mad at you and doesn't like you (laughs) i accidentally got coach ham teed up once in a basketball game at fpc the store it wasn't it wasn't completely my fault i had a sheet that i kept fouls on and i had the player's number on the sheet and her number was zero on the sheet because that's the number jersey she wore in the two games that we'd seen spruce creek she had five in the alternate jersey i didn't know that the their score didn't realize that wrote five on the scorebook which is a technical foul Mm. and there's another lightning strike so yeah keeping score over here mike it's an infection you got to keep scoring everything So Coach Ham, <laughs> Coach Ham thinks I did it on purpose, and he's still mad at me about it four years later. The best part, next year, News Journal runs their basketball preview. What's the picture on the cover of the preview? It's Tyja Beans from Spruce Creek in her orange number five jersey shooting a layup at the Anderson wow. Gym. The frozen tundra of the Anderson Gym, by the way. I don't know if you've spent a lot of time inside the Anderson Gym. It is the coldest indoor place on earth. If Gaylord Palms decides not to do their ice fest at the hotel, they could always do it in the Anderson gym. And I have that memory of Coach Moody when uh, when he was done as FPC coach, uh, FPC football coach. He broke that news on the air with us when I was doing the interview on the sideline yes, with him. Our, our talented sideline yeah. reporter, Rich Carroll, at the time. That's right. I was on the sideline and expecting just to have a normal uh, post-game interview with Coach Moody. And the first thing he says is, uh, this is my last game. With the Bulldogs. Yeah, he'd been told that morning that he was not going to be back. And we broke that news here on the air for you right from the sidelines. So, um, yeah, and I think I just saw another lightning strike. So we are in a delay, and I guess um, 9 o'clock would be wishful thinking. Probably. So at this point with another lightning strike, we're probably looking closer to 9.15. Right. Um, at, you know, that's if there's no more lightning. It's looking like on the radar that it's probably going to be this – system's going to linger Wait, around. you looked at the radar. You just told me you weren't going to look at the radar. Coach Trapsic showed me the radar. Okay, okay. It was forced Let upon you. Let me tell you. you what the worst part <laughs> is. If you look at the entire state of Florida, it's basically raining in Swanee County, Columbia County, and Madison County. That's it. 
<laughs> it follows us, man. I'll the tell other you. 64 counties are fine, but here we are, Rich. All right, so here we are indeed. 5-11 to go in the first quarter. 7 nothing Swanee over FPC. It is a lightning delay here. And speaking of the Rich and Mike Sports Show, we figured we have some time now. Uh, why don't we replay last week's Rich and Mike Sports Show? Uh, set the stage on that show, Mike. Very special Rich and Mike Sports Show. A lot of golf talk. We interviewed Alexandra Gazzoli. She is the reigning Class 2A state champion in high school. She also won the Florida Women's Amateur, which means that she is the best female golfer in the state of Florida in any age. She beat out a bunch of college golfers, a bunch of adults. In a playoff, she won that. And so I caught up with her. I, I could have talked to her all day. I'm a golf nerd. I'm an equipment nerd. I could talk to her about equipment. I could talk about things about playing the game and her approach and things like that. I could have talked to her all day, and it was just a great interview, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I look forward to talking to her again. But, yeah, I got to catch up with somebody who I think is going places. She's a Florida State commit. She has She's aspiring to be a PGA Tour player. She's, she's a, like the top amateur, right? Right, so she's well on her way, and this is – and there's some states, if you won the state, the women's amateur in Wyoming, I don't know what that says about you as a golfer, but we are talking about the golf capital of at least the Western Hemisphere here in Florida. And I just started playing golf, Mike, and I'm about a year away from being the top amateur in Florida, so uh, stay tuned for that. Her handicap is plus five, so that means if you were a scratch golfer, meaning that you didn't get any you weren't given any strokes, she'd still have to give you five shots because she's five shots better than somebody who shoots par. Amazing. So, yeah, tune in, listen to that. It's a great interview, and then hopefully we'll have some good news on the other side of that. All right, so last week's Rich and Mike Sports Show, when we come back, that's going to be 30 minutes. Hopefully we will be, oh, as I say that, another lightning strike here over the field. But uh, we'll update you on the the, uh, situation here at Live Oak after this very special presentation of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. The Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Licio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Licio. Hello, Flagler County. Yes, and fly here, Flagler County in unison. Hello back to Mike Licio. It's the best week of the year, fall <laughs> sports season. The regular season begins this week for a whole host of sports. So 15 sporting events on the calendar this week in Flagler County between the two high schools. 15? 15. Wow, that is a lot. And, of course, uh, um, a week from yesterday – this upcoming Friday, we are going to be at the season opener for the FPC Bulldogs, a battle of Bulldogs, the Swanee Bulldogs, Live Oak. We're making the trip, Mike. The longest trip WNZF has ever made for a sporting event, 153 miles each way. Wait, 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 what? what? How long? 153 <laughs> miles. They didn't tell you that part, did they? Yeah, wait a second. I didn't <laughs> sign up for this. <laughs> I need to talk to my agent. <laughs> my agent's my dog, by the way. But 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 we're going to talk about this. <laughs> you should get hazard pay. Yeah, that's true. So you know, you never know Five what can happen. Five hours in the car with, with me. <laughs> Five hours in the car with me. You should get hazard pay. Yeah, I think you're driving this time. So. <laughs> 
I can take the wheel if you want, but maybe that's not a good idea, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't insult me, Mike. Don't insult me. Never. Never. <laughs> it, it's the Rich and Mike's sports show, and we are pumped up, as you said, because we are getting ready for some local sports. Um, and it's always exciting to get the football season started. But, you know, one of the things I think that I'm most excited about is the hope that a new season brings. And especially when you look at the FPC Bulldogs, there's a lot of mystery involved here with the new coach and some turnover. Who's the quarterback going to be? Um, you know, we had the final tune-ups yesterday. So hopefully uh, it all turns out good and we get out there. They did win that game in Live Oak. I think uh, Live Oak came over last year, right? They, they visited yes. FPC last year. Um, yes, 38-10. Uh, but if you talk to Daniel Fish about it, he went and watched the tape, and he, I, he, I asked him. I said, "Is that game closer than it looks on the scoreboard, or was it just me?" And he said, "No, there were a lot of opportunities that Swanee was just not able to take chances or take advantage of." So, not surprising though, when you go and look back at it, we we did the game, and Swanee moved the ball up and down the field. They just really, once they got into plus territory, they really couldn't finish any drives made some turnovers, some bad penalties. It really should have been closer than 28 points, and that's the message that Daniel Fish has been preaching. Don't get comfortable with the fact that we beat this team by four touchdowns because after that FPC game, Swanee went on and won 10 of their next 11 games and advanced into the regional finals in the playoffs. So this is a team that has their sights set on some big things this year, and they're looking to start the season off by knocking off a 4S school in FPC and get their season rolling at home. They have a beautiful stadium out there. I can't wait to go out there. They actually have a stadium in the city of Live Oak. It's not on campus, but it's a big 7,000-seat stadium. So it's going to be a fun place to do a game, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the new-look Bulldogs of FPC. Oh, yeah. and it, it, I was told it's a nice, big press box, so a, a lot of room to stretch, you know, move around, do activities. So I'm pretty, we've been in some tight situations, Mike, but it sounds like this is going to be a comfortable one. I think for once, you know, road trips are always a toss up. You know, we've had really great road trips. The land is always the best place to do a game. And then we've been other schools in Volusia County where it was three of us in a phone booth. Yeah. Well, four of us, because usually there's a writer there when we're there. And so four of us in a phone booth. So I don't think this is going to be the case. We're on the road the first two weeks. Matanzas is at South Lake High School in Groveland, outside of Orlando, this coming week. We'll be joining the Pirates in week two when they take on Tokoy Creek up in St. Augustine. FPC is off week two. It's just kind of the way the schedule worked out. I don't think that was something they were looking to do. They were had an opening for a week two game, and their plan was to have a week 10 bye. But Tokoy Creek joined FPC's district after Palaka, Keystone Heights, and Bradford, all small schools, have Tokoy Creek moved out of their district because Tokoy Creek, when they joined the district two years ago, only had about 1,300 students. They now have about 2,700. So Palaka, those three schools have a combined enrollment of about 2,900. So it seemed like the Tokoy had an unfair advantage. So the FHSAA drops Tokoy in the FPC's district, and FPC ends up with a week two bye because week 10 is when those two will be playing. Pretty interesting. And, and a programming note for uh, the game Friday night, 
Usually we have a kickoff time of 7 o'clock. Kickoff is actually 7.30 uh, for week one, Mike, right? That is correct. You know, they didn't move it for us. I, I wonder why. <laughs> Look, when they changed when they changed from 7.30 to 7 o'clock kickoffs in this area, I think I was the only person who was opposed to it because I was usually traveling, like, for about the first 10 years that I did games in Flavon County, I was traveling from work in Jacksonville every day. So a 7.30 kickoff when you're trying to make it from Jacksonville to FBC is a much better prospect than a 7 o'clock kickoff. But some of these schools outside of the Jacksonville, Daytona area still do 7.30 kickoffs, and Swanee is one of those schools. So that game will kick off at 7.30, but still tune in at 7 o'clock because we've got something coming up for you. Oh, yeah. What, what are we going to call it? It's going to be a special pregame show. Uh, do we have a name for this show, Mike? The Football County Kickoff Show. There you go. I love it. The Football County Kickoff Show. I'm super pumped up about that. So, yeah, tune in at 7 o'clock anyway because you're going to have the best pregame show in town. Okay, it's the only pregame show in town, but it's still the best one. And Mike, you're Don't gonna... let the facts get in the way of a good story, Rich. That's right. And uh, you, you're going to have a bunch of great interviews for us, right? Yep, we're going to hear from... Both coaches and two players that yet to be confirmed, but there'll be players that you know and love from each school. We'll talk a little bit about Matanzas' game against Southlake. We'll talk about our game, FPC Swanee. We'll break down the districts for you and what each team has to do to find themselves continuing to play football deep into November, and it's going to be a good time. Yeah, oh, I'm pumped up about it. We're just getting started here, so the – Football County Classic. No, no. What is it again? The the pre <laughs> run that by the me. The Football again. County Kickoff Show. There you go. Football County Kickoff Show on Friday at seven o'clock, followed by the actual game, Swanee FPC, first game of the season, Battle of Bulldogs, right here on News Radio WNZF, and it all gets started Friday, August twenty fifth at seven o'clock. So we're pretty pumped up about that. And you know what else we're pumped up about? Mike, uh, one week from today is going to be a very, very special, <laughs> very special Rich and Mike sports show. Because what we're going to try to do this year is we're going to try to make the uh, Rich and Mike sports show sort of a post game for the game itself. Except you get to to hear the post game the morning after the game. You know what I mean? So um this Friday, uh, this Saturday upcoming, next Saturday, one week from today, it's going to be a little difficult to do that because how long is the drive, Mike? Uh, from uh, It's about two and a half hours for me and closer to three for you. So um, a pretty long. It's going to be hard to record a show after the game when we get back home. So what we're going to do, it's going to be a very special Rich and Mike sports show on the road with Rich and Mike, how about that one? Is that a good title? You, you're so much better than me coming up with these titles, but the, how about that? On the Road with Rich and Mike. That was the only one I could come up with, so I think it's a winner. Yeah, On the Road. So we'll record. The, and, and Mike, he'll be very, you know, he, he's not going to be, uh, uh, this is radio, right? So you can keep your eyes on the road and keep us safe, right? Absolutely. And I-10 is literally a straight line from Jacksonville to Pensacola, so <laughs> You know, the occasional hill in there, here and there. But other than that, it's a pretty smooth shot. It'll be close to or after midnight, so there won't be anybody on the road. So I don't have any concerns about the safety of us other than my normal terrible driving. (laughs) So, uh, no, yeah, it's awesome. So we'll be on the road. 
um, in the car, coming back, talking about the game. So if you missed the game Friday night, you can actually experience the long ride home. I guess it'll be condensed, right? Because the show is a half an hour long. The ride home is three hours. So you, you'll get the 30-minute version of that. But if you missed the game Friday, you can enjoy the ride home with the Rich and Mike Sports Show as we talk about the game. Yep, we'll talk about the game. And also, we'll have a very special interview with NASCAR driver Ty Dillon, who I interviewed earlier this week in anticipation of the Daytona Coke Zero Sugar 400. That'll be on next Saturday night. So we got to, well, you'll hear from Ty Dillon, a little preview of that. And, you know, WNDF has some of the best racing coverage in the area. Six to seven on Friday nights before our game is Trackside Live. So you'll get... A little extra NASCAR on WNZF next weekend as well. There you go. Looking forward to that. All right. Um, so we got the football all set up. You got the football county pregame show kickoff classic. Uh, I'll get the name straight. Mike has one more time. Mike, give it to me. <laughs> the football county kickoff show. Football county kickoff show Friday at 7 o'clock, followed by the game at 730 and a very special on the road with the Rich and Mike Sports Show Saturday morning. Big week for us next week. What else is going on here locally, Mike? Well, all the fall sports week zero is what they call this past week. So this is when you have your preseason games and your preseason meets and events. And so now we're into week one of the fall sports season. So the regular season kicks off for all the fall sports teams, bowling, volleyball, cross country, swimming, golf, football, all kick off this week. Um, FPC is hosting a meet next week at at the Flagler County Fairgrounds at 7 a.m. Uh, it'll be the uh, a cross country meet at the fairgrounds, so you can go out and check that out early in the morning and still get on with your day. Um, golf will have FPC and Matanzas facing off in boys golf at Palm Harbor this week as well. And Rich, you're just getting into the game of golf. I am a huge golf fan and um, a terrible golfer. And I was very excited because I got to interview somebody who doesn't suck at golf. Um, <laughs> Alexandra, Alexandra Gazzoli from Matanzas. She won the Florida Women's Amateur, which means she's the best female golfer in the state of Florida. And she has a trophy on her shelf that tells her that that is true. So do you know anything about a handicap, Rich? Yeah, uh, I believe I do. I, I guess uh, it has something to do with a mulligan. You know, you get extra shots. Uh, that... So, sort of. So, what it is is if, if you're a scratch golfer, which means you regularly shoot par, and you're playing with somebody who's a 10 handicap, you have to give them 10 shots. Wow. Well, Alexandra is a plus five handicap. So, what that means is that not only would she have to give that person 10 shots, because they're a 10 handicap, she'd have to give them five more because she's that much better than them. So, so a par, a golfer who shoots par shoots about five shots worse than Alexandra. So that her game is unbelievable. She's committed to Florida state. She has her sights set on the LPGA at some point, And I think she's well on her way. And I got to spend some time interviewing her earlier this week i've got alexandra gazzoli defending state champion golfer alexandra thank you for joining me today yeah thank you for having me 
So let's start at the beginning. That's where I always like to start. How did you get into golf? I started when I was around two, and I guess pretty much everyone in my family played. So, like, I have two older brothers, and my parents had them playing. So I just, maybe they gave me a club, and I would just hit around. But when I was around nine is when I started teaching it seriously. What is a daily routine like for you? I know, especially at the level of golfer that you are, there's a lot of practice involved. I mean, usually I try to get out early in the morning before it gets too hot. You know, I'll start out with, like, some short game, maybe chipping just to get warmed up a little bit. And I'll usually go to the range, maybe go to different clubs and hitting different shots or trying to uh, imagine some holes. And then usually I'll go putt and do lag putting and do a lot of drills. And I'll usually go and do some more short games. Then in the afternoon, I'll probably go back and work on my wedges. And then at night after dinner, when it's cooler out, my dad and I will either like go play a couple holes or putt some more. What would you say is the strongest part of your game? I would say I'm ball striking, probably. Have you ever had a hole-in-one? <laughs> no, I haven't. What was it like to make it to the state championship and then to put on a performance to be able to go out and win? Yeah, I mean, I was really happy to be back there. It was a little disappointing to be going as an individual, but again, I was happy to be there. And I felt like I played good the first day. I didn't do as well the second day, but... I don't know, because at that course, I usually don't always play my best, so I was happy to finally play that day. Having played at a course and won at a course where you sometimes struggle, does that give you more confidence when you're playing in other events, such as the Florida Women's Amateur that you were able to win this past month? I do gain a lot of confidence when I play better, I guess especially at a course that maybe isn't my favorite. If you have a bad round and then say, okay, I can just go out the next round and bounce back. Not many people get that opportunity, and there's not many people who go out and actually win it. So what was that experience like for you? The first day I shot 68, which is my best round in the tournament. So I was really happy to kind of have that breakthrough finally. You know, I played a really nice course and played with a lot of good players, and I felt like I had three really solid rounds. What was your mindset going into the playoff? I was very confident because I always do very well in playoffs. So I guess I kind of had this feeling that I was going to win. I was playing as someone who I've played with before, and you know, she's a really great player. What's it like to be back with your teammates? It's nice. Yeah, over the summer, I hadn't really seen them at all, so it's nice to get back and kind of hang out with them again. What's your favorite part of being on the team? I would say the social part of it, because uh, I do virtual school, so that aspect of it is really nice. What golfers do you look up to? Is there anybody at the professional level, the college level that you look up to? Growing up, I always looked up to, like, Michelle Wee. I always liked the way that she played and conducted herself. So I think she's someone that I've always looked up to. I'm a huge, big Wheezy fan. She's she's actually my favorite women's golfer. I'm a big fan of Charlie Hull. It's nice to have those people to look up to, I'm sure. I bring up Charlie Hull. She plays very aggressively. Is that the style of play? Do you, do you play aggressively or you tend to let the course come to you more? You know, I think naturally I'm more aggressive. When I was younger, I made more of dumb mistakes and being too aggressive. So I think I'm kind of learning when to be aggressive, when to go for it. So I guess it's trying to balance it, like not doing something really dumb and costing yourself a lot of stuff. So I would say I am 
on the more aggressive side of things. I can learn a lot from that, actually. What are your goals for this season? I would really like to make it to state as a team, and I'd like to, if I could, win the individual title again. You're committed to Florida State, is that correct? Yes. Why Florida State? There's a couple reasons. Probably the biggest is I grew up a fan, so I do have a big emotional attachment to there. You know, I love Tallahassee, and they, they have great facilities. They've, the coaches are really great, and their program is one of the best. Surprisingly, it was a tougher decision than I thought it would be. What schools made that decision tough? Oklahoma State and Clemson were the other two that I was seriously considering. There you go, Alexandra Gazzoli. I mean, the best female golfer in the state of Florida, Mike? That's awesome. You know, I'm prone to hyperbole, but in this case, it's actually true. I was very impressed. I could have sat there and talked to Alexandra all day. I really could have because the golf nerd comes in at me, and I wanted to ask her about equipment. I wanted to kind of talk more about how she plays the game. I liked when she said, to be too aggressive and made a lot of dumb mistakes that cost me shop and that's pretty much me in a nutshell playing golf so it was fun listening to that you know we were both Italian I found out that she plays with ping clubs and so do I and that's about where the similarities end I got titled All right, I love the sound of that music back here at Live Oak. We are getting ready for some football. We are back in business. The storm has cleared clear skies. Bulldogs are on the field, both the FPC Bulldogs and the Swanee Bulldogs, about three and a half minutes away from football action. Thank you for checking out that special encore presentation of the Rich and Mike Sports Show every Saturday morning at 7.30. And tomorrow morning, we will be, uh, you'll hear our post-game show from the car. Thanks possibly to, live. Possibly live, the way this is <laughs> the way this is working out. Uh, thanks to Mark and Isabella back at the studio, hanging with us, making this possible. Mike, we're three minutes away from football. Yes, we are. It's 7 nothing, 5-11 to go in the first quarter. Swanee is leading the game right now. Nice goal line stand by FPC, though, after a botched punt snap. Update from Groveland. Matanzas is up 24-8 in the third. Cole Hash had a one-yard touchdown run to give the Pirates the lead there. Or extend the Pirates' lead, I should say. St. Augustine trails Bulls 23-21 at the half. Spruce Creek up 14-7 on Seabreeze. So a lot of football going on, and Rich... About three minutes away from football here. Yeah, we were questioning the field conditions. Maybe it's going to be a Marcus Mitchell game. Is the field going to be tore up because of all the rain? And um, It actually looks like it's holding up pretty well down there. People, uh, skilled position players are running well. So uh, maybe still some high-flying action tonight. There's only one really bad spot. Normally when it's a wet field, what you'll see is even in warm-ups, you'll see spots get really chewed up and there's a couple of spots on the far sideline to your right if you're imagining at home and then some on the other opposite side on the left sideline in the near sideline. But really overall, the field looks to be in pretty good shape. 
Teams are huddling up at their sidelines. Now it looks like we are moments away of the second kickoff of the game. <laughs> we got the season started here, 2023, at 7.30 this evening. As you mentioned, still 5.11 to go in the first quarter, and it is now about to be 9 p.m., so we're in for a long night here. Swanee High School, Live Oak, Florida. Huge grandstand for the home team here, and it is filling up quickly. You can sense the enthusiasm here uh, for this team, Mike, in this, Live Oak. This is a heck of a facility here. we got 100-yard-long bleachers with two levels here on this sideline and a normal visitor's sideline on the other side. And a lot of people from Flagler County made the trip. It's good to see them come out and support their Bulldogs tonight. And, and, and an interesting aspect we talked about as the Swanee Bulldogs take the field, uh, not a lot of room between the sideline and the stands. And the principal here was talking to us before the game, and he said that's they built this field before they actually sp- started putting tracks around the field. So imagine a football field today where you have the track around the field and then the stands after the track. There is no track here. So the stands are literally right on top of the field. I've never seen a field like this. I've been to a couple, but I've been around a lot. You know, Speck Martin doesn't have a track either. Yep. Um, Bradford, which is not too far from here, doesn't have a track. Palaka doesn't have a track either. And Palaka, much like Paul Langford Stadium here, their stadium is not on campus. It is in the middle of downtown Palaka. All right, so let's reset here as we're getting ready for football. 5-11 to go in the first quarter. 7-0 Swanee over FPC. It's third down and 12 for FPC from their own 25-yard line. Simmons in the shotgun, three wide receivers to his right. He sets up the screen to the left, and that is going nowhere. It's about a one-yard gain that time for Saquon Neal, and the Bulldogs will once again, the FPC Bulldogs, will be forced to punt. So another stop by Swanee there. FPC trying to get the offense going. Tough situation to be in coming out of a delay to have to go out and face a third and long after sitting for an hour and a half. So third opportunity for Chase McGee to punt the ball away. He stands at his own 10-yard line. This time a good snap, and he's going to keep it again. It's a fake, and it's incomplete. It was, 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 well, it was a busted (laughs) play. You know, actually it was a good snap considering the wet conditions, but... Swanee was just in on him in a hurry, and all he could do was throw it away there. It looked like he had time to kick it away and and decided to roll out with it again uh, and, yeah, threw the incomplete pass, but that's most likely correct. Yeah, It's not a position you would expect a fake punt on, fourth and 12, deep in your own end. So another huge opportunity for Swanee. They couldn't take advantage of it the first time the Bulldogs had the uh, punting snafu, but... This time, we'll see what they can do. This time they get the ball at the FPC 24-yard line with 4.28 to go in the first quarter. No Marquavius Owens out there yet for Swanee. Cody Lang in the pistol formation. Takes the snap, hands it off up the middle. Bulldogs are all over that one. It's going to be a loss of two for Lou Jack Smith. And Lou Jack Smith getting the carrier. I think it's safe to say that Marquavius Owens, who ran for 1,200 yards last year for Swanee, is not playing tonight. That was a loss of about four yards, maybe five. So we'll call it five. Second down and 15 for Swanee from the FPC 27-yard line. 
Same formation, two wide receivers to his. Now shifting over to the left. Bulldogs show Smith. blitz. Smith gets the ball again off the right tackle. He gets to the outside. Inside the 10, the 5. Pushed out of bounds. He's near the goal line. They're going to mark him out just inside the 5-yard line, all the way down to the 4. That was a great play call there and a great decision by the quarterback. There is a flag on the field, Cody right? Lang. And there was a lot of room off that right side. You almost feel like there had to be holding. The rush was coming from the inside. He bounced it outside. It was about a 25-yard run, but it looks like it's coming back, Rich. Yeah, it is. Third Swanee penalty of the night. And that was a spot foul, so they're going to move it back to the 24-yard line. That's going to set up a second down and 10 for Swanee. So he gets credit for four yards on that carry. Heavy-duty formation here. He's looking left. He's going to throw left, and it's a bit high for his intended receiver. That was a little out route there on third down, maybe trying to make it fourth and short. Oh, it's second and ten, Mike. Correction, penalty. holding penalty, yes, yes. Um, but that was M.J. Rawson uh, just a little high for him off the fingertips. Lang now two for four for 53 yards. So that's going to set up a third and ten for Swanee and another opportunity here for that FPC Bulldog defense to stand tall. It's going to be a four-wide receiver set. Once again, Smith in the backfield with Cody Lang. He takes the snap back to pass. Steps up in the pocket, and he's going to be sacked. Ethan LaPeppa. LaPeppa getting around the edge and taking Cody Lang down for the big loss. And that might that probably puts them out of field goal range. Did he get rid of the ball, Mike? He didn't. I didn't think he did. Now there was he a got penalty sacked. refused. Let's see where they spot it. Yeah, they got him. They're going to spot it back at the 29. I just saw the ball downfield. I was like, did I miss something? So penalty declined, and they're going to set up a 45-yard field goal attempt in these conditions. Very interesting. You have a short goal post, though, so <laughs> the official's not standing under it. I think he just yeah, realized he, he needs to get You better get back that. there, yeah. So it's a five-yard loss. 45-yard field goal attempt. Jace Moran, the kick is up, and the kick is good. And that probably would have been good from 50. 10-0 Swanee, 3.07 to go in the first quarter. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Hey, you're never going to believe this. I just heard someone say that they don't know where we are. Really? I guess I need to tell them again. Bunnell Auto Supply, one block west of US 1 and State Road 100. Bay Street, Bunnell. And don't forget to tell them that we are the only Napa store in Flagler County. I think you just told them. Oh, right. They also need to know that we do deliver. We should probably tell them that we're not like all the corporate stores. We can get just about anything. What is corporate? Exactly. Come see us at Bunnell Auto Supply. Bay Street Banal. Back here at Live Oak, Florida. Man, that was an impressive field goal from Jace Moran. 45 yards in these conditions to give Swanee a two-score lead. They lead 10-0 over FPC with 3.07 to go in the first quarter. I think so far in the early going, the 
MVP is the grounds crew because this field seems to have held up really well that they even thought to attempt that field goal. And obviously they know they have a good kicker on their squad. And he kicks it away, fielded a little fight over there between two Bulldogs. Cody Newton comes out with it, and he's going to take it up to the 20-yard line. He had two guys back there, and they weren't sure who was supposed to catch the ball. I would hope to see a lot of Marcus Mitchell on this drive. Yeah, and if you're the Bulldogs, it's early, but it's 10 nothing, and you'd like to see them develop some type of drive here and give that defense a little bit of time off the field. Is it getting early late? It's a good question. I hope not. But tonight We're that might be. late early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be. Uh, it's just late. Let's put it that way. Three wide receivers to his right. Simmons takes the snap, hands it off to Mitchell up the middle, and he'll get about three on first down. That's what you need is a steady stream of Marcus Mitchell just to give your defense a break because it feels like Swanee has been on the field a lot. They've run 11 plays. FPC has run seven. Swanee has had great field position in this game with the missed punts. The misfires. Mitchell once again with the ball up the middle. Gets another couple of yards. Going to set up a third and five from the FPC 25-yard line. Let's see what Jake Medlock calls here. He's been throwing a lot of passes out to the sideline, a lot of screens as the rain starts to fall again. Three wide receivers, two to the left, one to the right. Simmons fakes the handoff, throws left. It's tipped and off the fingertips of Cody Newton. And that will bring up another fourth down. That was just a great play in space by the Swanee defender. Another good throw by Simmons. Just a play made by Swanee, and sometimes that happens. But the punt has been an issue for FPC tonight. Yeah, it's going to be the fourth opportunity for Chase McGee, and, and two of them were not successful. That's what's been setting up Swanee all night. See if he can get this one away. And he does. It's straight up in the air. It's a short punt. Fielded at the 48 of FPC. Up to the 40. Pushed out of bounds at about the 35-yard line. MJ Ross in on the run back. The FPC, the long snapping hasn't been the issue on the last three punts. It's been the protection. They've got to do a better job of protecting there. So that's going to be, let's see, they going to mark it at the 36-yard line, so about a 12-yard return. Michael McGuire with a three-yard touchdown run. Three, 30-8, Matanzas, 109 to go in the third. Cody Lang back out there in the shotgun. Three wide receivers, two to his left, one to his right. Going to hand the ball off to Smith up the middle, off the left guard. About four yards on first down. Good run. And Swanee is starting to get into a rhythm offensively. Yeah, it's a good first down play there. Case Dennis has to come off the field for a play. His helmet came off. And once again, Swanee with fantastic field position to start this drive. They're going to have a second down and six from the FPC 32-yard line. Malik Joseph in the game. Minute 22 to go here in the first quarter. Pass to the sideline is complete. That's going to be close to a first down. Really right at the marker. We'll see. And they're moving the chains. That's a first down for Swanee. About a five-yard gain 
on the completion to the outside. I believe that was M.J. Rawson again. So first down for Swanee at the FPC 25-yard line, 65 seconds to go here in the first quarter. Nice touch on that pass that time by Lang. Same formation, Cody Lang. Two wide receivers to his left, one to the right. Handoff once again to Smith. Gets to the outside on the left side. Taken down after about a five-yard gain on first down. And they're winning on first down, Mike. That was one of the keys to the game. Three words, Rich. (laughs) Three words. That was one of the keys to the game. The win on first down. Mike is right. (laughs) And FPC's getting good push inside, but they're able to bounce the run outside. Another five-yard run. That is uh, might be the final play of the first quarter. 20 seconds left. See if they snap it. Well, they have to. 15 on the play clock. Smith to the left of Cody Lang in the shotgun. Now he shifts to the right of him. Three wide receivers. This, and Hang is going to keep it himself up the middle. Breaks a tackle to the 10. Inside the 10 has a first down. There is a flag on the field. Well, that was a great decision to keep it by Lang, but we'll see. I think it's going to be all for naught. A read option play there for Lang. and Procedure. Swanee was offsides. That is the fourth Bulldog penalty for Swanee. So two seconds left here in the first quarter. 10-0 Swanee. Ball is at the FPC 25. I don't think Swanee's going to try and get a snap off with 2.7 seconds left. They wind the clock. And that will do it. So a very long first quarter, a first quarter that started at 7.30 and ends at 9.10. And it ends with the Swanee Bulldogs leading the FPC Bulldogs 10-0. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. AK Tires are your fast, friendly, local tire experts where you'll score big with lifetime balancing and rotation that's always included when you purchase four new tires. Don't pass up the savings you'll receive on new and used tires, custom wheels, alignments, and repairs at AK Tires. Plus, financing is available. Easy to find just one mile west of I-95 on State Road 100. You'll always make the right call when you call AK Tires, 437-0888. Online at aktires.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. At Live Oak, the Swanee Bulldogs, they lead 10-0 over the FPC Bulldogs as we change the side of the field. Mike Licio going to step in here with the play-by-play. Change sides of the field, we'll change sides of the booth. Second and 10 at the 25-yard line for the Swanee Bulldogs as they break the huddle. Cody Lang has gone all the way at quarterback. He'll have three receivers to his left, one to his right. L.J. Smith on the right in the backfield. Takes the snap. Looking downfield. Fires. It's high and incomplete. Looking for M.J. Rawson. And he saw Aiden Peterson late getting to that side of the field. He was wide open to start to play M.J. Rawson. Uh, but fortunately for FPC, Aiden Peterson was able to recover and get over there. And the pass was a little high. So that is going to make it third down and 10 as the rain continues to fall here in the second quarter. And that's one thing FPC's been able to do is force these third and longs. And when they've gotten in these situations, it's 
it's worked out for them. They've they've had a and but Swanee, they're in field goal range as we know. It's a keeper by Lang up the middle to the right sideline, inside the ten, the five, touchdown Bulldogs. Cody Lang takes it in from twenty-five out, and it's sixteen to nothing. And it was another one of those read option plays, and he decided to keep himself keep it himself once again and Really, there was no fight put up that time by FPC. It was an easy stroll right into the end zone. For about, what was that, a 20-yard touchdown? 25 yards. Cody Lang now has 20 yards rushing. He had a sack in there. Uh, This one should be easy for Jace Morgan on the extra point after we saw him hit a 45-yard field goal on the other side of the field. He might put this in the parking lot. It's up. It's good. And it is in the parking lot. (laughs) 17 nothing Swanee. Back in 60 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNCF and the Flagler Radio app. So you're ready to freshen up the look of your home? You'll see a whole new world when you look through your windows. Blinds and plantation shutters by Jason. Whether it be plantation shutters, window shades that roll up and roll down, horizontals, verticals, even draperies and cornices. And because we're locally owned, we can come out, measure, and install quicker than anyone. Call us anytime we're in Palm Coast, Lucio Rich Carroll with you as Swanee, the home team, leads 17 to nothing. Now oh, it's becoming a big hole here for the FPC Bulldogs to pull out of. Still raining out there. Jace Moran has it teed up at the 40-yard line. Cody Newton, Corinthians Watson back deep, and that is in the end zone, and it is a touchback. Yeah, that's a rough touchdown to give up when you have them at third and long, and you're looking for another one of those victories in the red zone or right on the edge of the red zone at the 25-yard line. You're thinking third and 10, hold them to another field goal. You're down 13-0. I, 17-0 compared to 13-0, is a, there's a big difference there. Three-score lead to two-score lead. Um, so if you're the Bulldog, and we haven't seen FPC really sustain any kind of drive here tonight. They've been forced to punt four times, and two of those they've gotten the punt off. Ladarius Simmons continues at quarterback. He's in the shotgun with Marcus Mitchell. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Takes the snap, gives it to Mitchell up the middle, across the 20. He's going to fall forward for about four. It'll be second and six. Now that's a good first down play for the FPC Bulldogs. You mentioned they're really going to have to ride that ride that Marcus Mitchell wave to the end of this game if they hope to get anything done here uh, in this weather. He's going to have to have a big night. Second down and six at the 24-yard line. Pistol formation for Simmons. Ball is on the ground. He picks it up. He's rolling right. Cuts back up the middle, heading up the middle of the field and gets back to the line of scrimmage. Maybe a yard there for Simmons. What a play. (laughs) I can't believe he made something out of nothing there because he couldn't feel the snap. He picked it up, and he made a series of moves in the middle of what seemed to be the entire Swanee team and somehow was able to get that ball back to the line of scrimmage. Looked like it should have been a five-yard loss. 
Instead, it's third down and five. Two receivers to the left, Newton and Neal. Caliendo to tight end to the left. It's a give to Mitchell. No, he pulls it back, fires over the middle, and in and out of the hands of Zyquan Neal. And it looked like that hit might have come a little early, but no flag. It was very close. It was right there, you know. I could see it either way. The Bulldogs now have fourth and five at the 25-yard line. 10.35 to go in the second quarter. Chase McGee back for the punt. Fifth opportunity for Chase McGee, and two did not go so well. So see what happens here. That was almost blocked, Mike. And that is on the ground. And that was number 19, Jadarius Horn, fielding that on the fly. And Swanee, they've taken a lot of risks with some of these, uh, fielding these kickoffs and these punts tonight. It hasn't hurt them, but they're very risky there. They take over at their own 48. Their worst field position of the game, I believe. Right, and it's still fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they are living large with that field position here in the first in the first half. And the score, let's face it, could be a lot worse than 17-0 if not for some heroic efforts from the FPC defense. Cody Lang in the shotgun to the left. L.J. Smith, two receivers to the left, one to the right. Smith motions over to the right. Now in motion, it's a shovel pass to number 16, Noah Lopez, and... He, just, he ran the wrong way, Rich. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to go forward, not backward. So that little toss is technically a shovel pass. It's a loss of five on the play. I'm sure Cody Lang doesn't like that on his passing numbers. Yeah, it was one of those trick plays trying to catch the Bulldogs off guard. They were not fooled at all on that one. That's going to be, that's going to set up a long situation here, second down and 18 or so. Shotgun snap, Lang, pump fakes, steps up in the pocket, across the line of scrimmage, across the 45, where he is brought down by big Case Dennis. Listed at 240, Rich. I'm not sure about that. And I'll tell you what, Colby Cronk was following him the whole way. He was right behind him, and it was a, a very good play from Cody Lang to run with that football and get about six yards and avoid the sack because Colby Cronk, he was knocking on the door. He was coming. Third down and 12 at the 46-yard line. Three receivers to the left. Perkins, Lopez on the left, on the right. Rawson laying in the shotgun. The big tight end, Brooks in motion to give up the middle. And not going anywhere is Clay Starling. So with a 17-0 lead, Swanee, they didn't want to risk anything. Ran the ball right into the line, and they're going to punt the ball away. Uh, what is, is this their first attempt tonight? I guess we're out of Moran's range. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that range seems it might be limitless because he hit that 45-yard field goal in these conditions. It looked like it would have been good from 55. And so he's back to punt. Cody Newton back to receive. High end over end kick. It's going to come out down around the 35-yard line and bounce out of bounds at the 34. And that is where FPC will take over. Back in 30 seconds, you're listening to the Flagler County High School Football 
on WNCF and the Flagler Radio app. Hey, it's bad enough you can't see. Then you have to wait three weeks to get your eyeglasses. Hi, this is Jade with iStyle Optical. Because we have our own in-house lab, you'll get new eyeglasses the same day or the next day. Come see us in Palm Coast in the Winn-Dixie Plaza on Palm Coast Parkway. The Eat and Play Combo is back at Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach. Available Monday through Friday, pick one of six entrees and a $35 power card, all for $39.99. Join us for trivia on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., half-price game Wednesdays, and karaoke on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Skip the rain and the heat at your home of eat, drink, play, and watch. Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach, you know you want to. I-95, exit 265 by the Tanger Outlets. Up the middle for one yard. It's second and nine at the 25. Simmons in the shotgun. Two receivers to either side. Back to throw. Looking downfield. Has time. Steps up in the pocket. He's got room to run. He's across the 40. Across midfield. And he's going to be stopped there at the 46-yard line. Fantastic job that time from Simmons. He just, as the pocket collapsed around him, he stayed calm and knew exactly what he was doing and, and big, big pickup with the legs to get the first down. And the first time tonight that FPC is in Swanee territory. Newton and Isaac to the left. Neal and Daly to the right. Simmons in the shotgun with Mitchell. First and 10 at the 46. Back to throw. Pressure coming. Escapes the pressure. Rolling right. Fires. A little too tall for Marcus Mitchell, and it's incomplete. Oh, yeah, Jadarius Cherry, he was right on him, looking like Lawrence Taylor coming around the edge with that number of 56, and Simmons was able to shake him off, and he had Marcus Mitchell in the flat there, just missed him. Cherry led the team in sacks last year with six. Neil and Newton, excuse me, Zizek and Newton to the left. Neil and Daly to the right. Twin receivers each side. Simmons takes the snap, back to throw, pressure coming again, steps up again, has time, fires in and out of the hands of Cody Newton, and it's incomplete. My, oh, my, and and there's a flag on the play out there where Cody Newton couldn't handle the throw, but what fantastic pocket presence from Simmons on that play to step up. He threw a dart a little high, but you get the feeling that Cody Newton would tell you he should have caught that ball. And My guess is that there was a late hit. And it is. And that's against Swanee, and that's going to give the Bulldogs a first down, bring them deeper into Swanee territory. Fifth Swanee penalty of the night. So we're seeing our first sustained Bulldog drive here in the second quarter with 7.08 to go in the first half. They're going to spot it on the 31. FPC lined up and ready. Newton and Zizek to the left. Daly and Neal to the right. Low snap for Simmons. He picks it up. He has a hole. He gets across the 30. And, and again, just, just great, great vision from Simmons. You get the low snap. Don't try to do anything crazy. Pick it up, run around, throw the – he picked up that ball, ran right up the middle, and you get a positive play on first down, and that sets up about a second down and seven. Simmons in the shotgun. Two receivers to either side. Mitchell to his left. Takes the snap. It's a give to Mitchell. Mitchell dancing in the middle, trying to pull the pile with him forward. Maybe a yard on the play. I like what you – I love what I'm seeing from Simmons on this on this drive. Ladarius Simmons 
He hands the ball off to Mitchell. We haven't seen a lot of Mitchell on this drive so far. It's been all, all Simmons. And as uh, Mitchell was held up at the line there, Simmons ran in there and started pushing him, trying to help him out, gain a couple of extra yards. you got to love it. And I think there were some issues with the defense, and Kyler Hall is going to call a timeout. Back in a minute, you're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Tired of having to be the taxi for your kids? They could get their license today. Why wait for them to take a driving test with the state and sit in the DMV office for hours? That is, if you can even get an appointment. It's easy and hassle-free to make an appointment with Elite Driving School. They can take a state driving test right on the spot with trustworthy and qualified instructors and get their driver's license right away. Call Elite Driving School, now testing seven days a week in Flagler and St. John's County. 904-481-9490. 904-481-9490. Or visit EliteDrivingSchoolFL.com. When you need cash, cash it in. Hi, this is Rich. And I'm Shelly. We pay cash for just about everything. And we buy gold. Anything of value, chances are we'll pay you cash. Oh, and if you're looking for a great deal on a diamond ring. We got a great selection of jewelry in stock. Come in and check us out. Musical instruments, DVDs, video games, and more. You never know what you're going to find at Cash It In Jewelry and Pawn. We're easy to find just one mile west of Belterra on 100. So come see us. Or give us a call at 263-2920. And cash it in. Simmons back to throw, fires it to the flat, and it's incomplete. He was looking for Caliendo on third and six, and it's going to bring a fourth and six. Is this four-down territory, Rich? It could be. I think it's outside of the range of the place kicker. There is a flag on the field, and it it seemed to be a dangerous pass to Caliendo that time. Might have been picked off, but it actually hit him in the hand, so he had a shot at it, just couldn't pull it in. I'm sure that ball is slippery, and it's a penalty against Swanee. Another penalty for Swanee. Another 15-yarder. Kyler Hall not happy about it. That is the sixth Swanee penalty of the game. So a first down and 10 from the 15-yard line for the FPC Bulldogs. Simmons takes the snap. Fakes the handoff to Mitchell off the left side, inside the 10. He took a big hit there, but he popped right back up, Rich, at the nine-yard line. Yeah, he took a big hit. I believe that. Was that Cody Lang on the hit? I, I yes. Yes, Cody Lang does play both ways. My goodness. So, so <laughs> big hit from the quarterback of the Swanee Bulldogs. That's amazing. And he needs a water break, and he's going to get it. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Advent Health is bringing more to Flagler County. That's more convenience, more services, more care. We've expanded our services in Palm Coast, bringing added convenience and world-class specialty care, including emergency, cardiology, and surgery. With the opening of Advent Health Palm Coast Parkway, a 100-bed full-service hospital, residents of Flagler and St. John's Counties will now have two locations where they can access exceptional health care close to home. Advent Health Palm Coast Parkway Hospital is now open. Visit AdventHealthPalmCoastParkway.com to learn more. Stadium in Live Oak. FPC comes out of the water break with second and six at the 10 yard line, trailing 17 to nothing with 5.51 to go in the second. Another nice run there from Simmons, and he was met by the opposing quarterback who was playing defense on that play. Heavy formation for FPC. Mitchell in the backfield with Simmons. Simmons looking across the middle. 
Threads the needle. No, he doesn't. It's intercepted. And that is number 19, Jadarius Horn, jumping the in route. And the, the, it was a slant by, by Cody, by Cody Newton, and he had him. He just waited too long to throw the ball. He threw it late and turned it all over. But he had Cody Newton for a touchdown there, but made the decision a little too late. So with 5.43 to go in the half, Swanee's going to take over at their own two. I love the aggressive call by FPC, uh, just uh, by the uh, assistant coach, offensive coordinator there for the FPC Bulldogs, Jake Medlock. You know, he was aggressive there. I think that's how you play this game. Um, his, his rookie, his young quarterback, just a little late on the decision. But I love the play call. I think it was a great play call. Newton was open. They just didn't execute. They've marked that ball at the one. Heavy formation for the Bulldogs. Lang is going to fall into the pile. The Joe Judge play. <laughs> that may have gotten a yard. Uh, maybe half a yard. So, yeah, Swanee, they're in a tough situation here. They get the turnover, but they have to start this drive from inside their own one-yard line. Second and 98 at the two-yard line. 5.30 to go in the half. It's a big opportunity still here for FPC. If you could stop them here, you'll get great field position. And that is a give into the pile. And it is hard to see from here who exactly is getting the football. We're looking. It was Cody Lang again. Oh, no, I correct myself. That was actually Clay Starling. You had three, four, four possibilities there. With that wishbone, you know, three-back offense. Third and 96 at the four. <laughs> now it looks like Swanee's going to line up in the shotgun. Three receivers to the right. Watch the quarter- Two to the left. They're going empty here, Rich. I would say watch the quarterback sneak up the middle on this play. Empty backfield with the, with the quarterback standing on the goal line. Watch the quarterback sneak. Colby Cronk looks hungry on the edge. Quick fire out to the flat. It's complete. That's to Rawson. He's across the five. He's going to be short of the first down, though, a pickup of about four. So they go wide receiver screen, which has been successful for them tonight. As a matter of fact, their first touchdown was on a wide receiver screen, but that time couldn't get the first down. Rawson with his third catch of the game, and Swanee is forced to punt. So good opportunity here for the Bulldogs. Defense stands tall once again. Cody Newton back to receive the kick, along with Robbie Daly. Do you send the house here, Rich? I do. There's a great opportunity here. That is Moran back on his end line. Good snap. Steps into it. End over end kick. Newton calls for a fair catch at the 38-yard line. Good job. And the Bulldogs will take over with good field position. 3.50 to go in the second quarter. They trail 17-0. Yeah, let's keep it right here with 3.50 to go. Teams huddling up on the sideline. And you've, you had your first success on offense if you're the FPC Bulldogs on the previous drive. Didn't end the way you wanted it to. Ended with a turnover. However, you could build on that, and you want to get a score here at the end of the first half to feel like you're in this game, 3.50 to go here in the second quarter. Simmons in the shotgun. Mitchell to his left. Takes the Braden to Potter snap. Fires to the flat. Newton 
Breaks a tackle. He's inside the 25. He's got a first down. Picked up about 18 on that play. And that's a play they have loved tonight, that wide receiver screen to Cody Newton. That was the first time you saw great success with it. Uh, an awesome block on the outside, and Cody Newton made the right move. Picked up a first down. Newton's third catch of the game. Newton and Neal to the left. Zizek and Daly to the right. Ball at the Swanee 24. Simmons in the shotgun. Little confusion on the exchange. Simmons is going to keep it. It was, only, it was one of those read option plays, and it was almost like he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Am I going to hand it off? Am I going to keep it? And decided at the very last moment he was going to keep it, but there was nowhere to go. Gets back to the line of scrimmage. Maybe a yard. We'll give him the yard. Simmons is checking out, and Cody Walker has entered the game. Wow, interesting. He's in the shotgun. Zizek and Newton to the left. Back to throw is Newton looking for the end zone to the corner. Cody Newton fighting for it, and it's incomplete. It was a back shoulder throw. As a matter of fact, it looked like he underthrew Cody Newton on the play, but it was a perfect pass. And from here, it looked like it hit Cody Newton in the chest. Just couldn't pull it in. I think he feels that the defender was there a little early. But again, you feel like, man, he had a great opportunity at that football. So it'll be third down and nine at the 23. Newton is out to the left with Zizek. Neal and Daly to the right. Walker in the shotgun with Mitchell. Looking to throw. It's tipped by Cherry. And that is going to bring up fourth down. Yeah, Cherry got right in there. Put that big, huge arm up there and knocked the ball down to force a fourth down on FPC. And just an interesting decision here to take Simmons out for Walker, and Walker, to be fair, made a nice throw on uh, his first attempt. Daniel Fish calls a timeout to talk over a fourth and nine. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNCF and the Flagler Radio app. Hey, you're never going to believe this. I just heard someone say that they don't know where we are. Really? I guess I need to tell them again. Bunnell Auto Supply, one block west of US 1 and State Road 100. Bay Street, Bunnell. And don't forget to tell them that we are the only Napa store in Flagler County. I think you just told them. Oh, right. They also need to know that we do deliver. We should probably tell them that we're not like all the corporate stores. We can get just about anything. What is corporate? Exactly. Come see us at Bunnell Auto Supply. Bay Street Banal. Two fifty-five to go in the half. FPC facing fourth and nine at the twenty-three, coming out of the timeout. Final score from Groveland, Matanzas thirty, South Lake eight. Great to hear the Pirates getting off to a good start this season. We'll see them in Tacoy next week. Two receivers to either side for Walker and the shotgun on fourth and nine as FPC elects to go. And the play is whistled dead. False start by the Bulldogs, their second penalty for FPC. Rough call there. Do you still go for it, Mike? I guess so. It's kind of no man's land here. What do you accomplish from? It's about a 47-yard field goal. And what do you really accomplish punting the ball from the 28-yard line? So, in a way, you got to go for it. How do you defend this? Three receivers to the right. Neal, Newton, Daly. Zizek oh. alone to the left. 
Tyler Hall saw something, didn't he, Rich? I'll tell you what. There was one-on-one coverage on the outside with Zizek, and I think they were going to go for that that corner of the end zone fade pattern, and he didn't like what he saw. Because, you know, Zizek's a pretty fast kid, and he might have won that battle. You know, that might have been a nice uh, nice play set up for FPC. And he probably saw that, didn't like the matchup. And at least that's what, as a former quarterback, Mike, that's what I was thinking. I'm looking at that one-on-one coverage on the outside and, and starting to get salivating a little bit. Like, ooh, something could happen here. Brett Favre used to say he was thinking touchdown on his first read on every play. Kyler Hall, in his 13th season as, 13th season as a head coach, he saw something he didn't like and quickly called his last And the other out. thing on that, too, is it was press coverage. He was right up on him. On, on fourth and forever, you don't have to be playing that up close to, to the receiver. Back off a little bit. Give him a little room. Make sure you don't get burnt. It'll be fourth and 14 from the 29-yard line, the 28 just about. We'll call it the 28. We'll see if we get a little softer coverage this time. Different look this time. That is Jordan Gales out on the left, three receivers to the right. They are Newton's Isaac and Neal. Walker's in the shotgun with Mitchell to his left. He takes the snap. He's back to throw. He fires into the seam, and it's knocked down. Mm. And he was going for Zizek that time, but he fell down. And he was open over the middle. Uh, He fell down, and the ball was a little high. And that'll be a turnover on downs. First and ten for Swanee. You have to go for it there, don't you, Rich? Yeah, no, there's no – it's – you're in no man's land. You're at the 28-yard line. You're out of field goal range. If you punt the ball, you're not really accomplishing anything. I don't know what you're going to accomplish there. And as it turned out, you know, you force Swanee to call a timeout and think about it. You get back on the field. From what I saw up here, you had a wide-open Zizek over the middle. It's execution. He falls down. The ball is too high and you turn the ball over. But I like the aggressive nature of this FPC offense. Two receivers to the left, one to the right. Cody Lang in the shotgun. It's a give up the middle. No, he keeps it himself. He's running out to the left side. He's got some room. He's turned the corner. He's across the 40 and out at the 44-yard line. A 15-yard run to start the drive for Cody Lang. Pushed out of bounds by Kobe Cronk. And I'll tell you what, if there was anybody else out there, he might have went all the way. But that wasn't going to happen with uh, number 34 out there. First and 10 at the 44-yard line. Lang now has 39 yards rushing. About 14 yards or so on that carry. Not what you want to see if you're FPC on first down that time. Two tight ends in the game, Hunter Watson, Logan Brooks. Bulldogs show blitz. It's a give up the middle and another hole, but closed quickly. That was Lou Jack Smith on the carry. Nice stop there by Rosario Watkins. It's second and eight. Two-yard gain there from Smith. The, the Bulldogs, FBC, they've battled them up pretty well here tonight. They've had a problem with that read option and Cody Lang keeping it himself. Uh, he's had a lot of success with that play here tonight. You saw it on the first play there of this drive and uh, look for more of that. Two tight end set. Noro Lopez lined out to the left. It's a give up the middle to Smith, and he's fights loose of the tackles. He's outside on the corner. He gets out to about the 49-yard line. It's a short pickup, but he was dead to rights in the backfield, it appeared. Well, just as I said that, you know, he should have been caught for a five-yard loss on that play. It was a read option. This time, Cody Lang decides that he's going to hand the ball off. Should be a five-yard loss. 
but instead you get Lou Jack Smith breaking a tackle and getting four yards out of it. Third and five at the 49. Two tight ends set for Swanee. Lopez out wide to the left. MJ Rawson out wide to the right. LJ Smith in the backfield with Lang. Now in the pistol. Bulldogs showing blitz. It's a give up the middle to Smith. And he's going to go into that FPC line, and he's not going to get much. Do you call a timeout here if you're Coach Fish? you got about 65 seconds left in the half. Do you try to get the ball back fourth down at midfield? I would think about it. Doesn't look like he will. 33 on the play clock, so they can run this clock down to about 25 seconds. They may take a delay of game because they don't have any timeouts, Swanee. If they want to be aggressive, try to get about 15 yards here. They're going for it. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Try to get yourself in field goal range. Laying in the shotgun. Trying to draw the Bulldogs off sides, it appears, which is very interesting with no timeouts left. Well, as you said, you take the penalty, you're fine with it, and you kick the ball. Four on the play clock. Two. And there it is. So they'll take the penalty and punt it away, which is the smart play here with a 17-0 lead, getting ready for halftime. That'll be Daly and Newton back deep for the punt on fourth and nine, 21.8 seconds to go in the half. Swanee leads 17-0. Moran back to kick for Swanee. He's standing on his own 31-yard line. Bulldogs in coverage. What a boot there by Moran. That's going to hit at the 15. It's going to roll down, and that's going to be a touchback, but that is a 54-yard punt. You felt like there was a good chance it was going to take a left turn at the pylon and go out of bounds at at the uh, one-yard line, but it wasn't meant to be. For the record, if it hits the pylon, it is treated as a touchback, unless you've got a certain officiating crew back home in Flathead County. <laughs> so I won't get into that because I've already been told by... Oh, yeah, you don't want to get in trouble, Mike. I got in trouble on another channel. <laughs> don't do that. In the playoffs last year. FPC has the ball at their own 20. 12 seconds to go in the first half. They trail 17 to nothing. Walker in the shotgun... That is the CSX Railroad, by the way. That's not somebody who brought a train horn to the game. (laughs) That's a give up the middle to Marcus Mitchell. Bounces out to the 20. Going to pick up two. Five seconds left to go, and I think the Bulldogs, both of them, are going to take it to the half. All right, yeah, and we're ready for the halftime show. Great first half there of football delays. You know, we had the lightning delay there. You had about an hour and a half first quarter. But finally, we reach halftime, and the Swanee Bulldogs, they lead this one 17 to nothing. We'll be back with your Football County halftime show. Review this game. You've got scores and stats coming up from Mike Licio and a whole lot more. We'll be back in three minutes. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. AK Tires are your fast, friendly, local tire experts where you'll score big with lifetime balancing and rotation that's always included when you purchase four new tires. Don't pass up the savings you'll receive on new and used tires, custom wheels, alignments, and repairs at AK Tires. Plus, financing is available. 
Easy to find just one mile west of I-95 on State Road 100. You'll always make the right call when you call AK Tires, 437-0888. Online at aktires.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. They do a lot more than just look good. They keep out the Florida heat. Hi, this is Christina with Blinds and Plantation Shutters by Jason. Verticals, horizontals, roll-ups, and the popular Key West Plantation Shutters. Anything you want, we can do it. Did you know that you can put plantation shutters on your sliding glass doors? We're family-owned, local, and we'll never send your measurements off to China. Look at our website and see what we've done for your neighbors. The Eat and Play Combo is back at Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach. Available Monday through Friday, pick one of six entrees and a $35 power card, all for $39.99. Join us for trivia on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., half-price game Wednesdays, and karaoke on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Skip the rain and the heat at your home of eat, drink, play, and watch. Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach, you know you want to. I-95, exit 265 by the Tanger Outlets. It's bad enough you can't see. Then you have to wait three weeks to get your eyeglasses. Hi, this is Jade with iStyle Optical. Because we have our own in-house lab, you'll get new eyeglasses the same day or the next day. Come see us in Palm Coast in the Winn-Dixie Plaza on Palm Coast Parkway. Tired of having to be the taxi for your kids? They could get their license today. Why wait for them to take a driving test with the state and sit in the DMV office for hours? That is, if you can even get an appointment. It's easy and hassle-free to make an appointment with Elite Driving School. They can take a state driving test right on the spot with trustworthy and qualified instructors and get their driver's license right away. Call Elite Driving School, now testing seven days a week in Flagler and St. John's County. 904 904-481-9490. Or visit EliteDrivingSchoolFL.com. When you need cash, cash it in. Hi, this is Rich. And I'm Shelly. We pay cash for just about everything. And we buy gold. Anything of value, chances are we'll pay you cash. Oh, and if you're looking for a great deal on a diamond ring. We got a great selection of jewelry in stock. Come in and check us out. Musical instruments, DVDs, video games, and more. You never know what you're going to find at Cash It In Jewelry and Pawn. We're easy to find just one mile west of Belterra on 100. So come see us. Or give us a call at 263-2920. And cash it in. Advent Health is bringing more to Flagler County. That's more convenience, more services, more care. We've expanded our services in Palm Coast, bringing added convenience and world-class specialty care, including emergency, cardiology, and surgery. With the opening of Advent Health Palm Coast Parkway, a 100-bed full-service hospital, residents of Flagler and St. John's Counties will now have two locations where they can access exceptional health care close to home. Advent Health Palm Coast Parkway Hospital is now open. Visit AdventHealthPalmCoastParkway.com to learn more. Back here at Ball Langford Stadium, Live Oak, Florida. Getting the 2023 high school football season started on News Radio WNZF. Our game of the week, we made the trip out to Live Oak because you didn't want to make this trip, right? We did it so you don't have to. Well, maybe you wanted to, but it's a tough trip to make. And uh, I'm not going to take credit for that. Mike said that, and I'm like, I'm stealing that. We're making the trip (laughs) so you don't have to. I love that. That's pretty good. Um, so we got out here, and the last thing you expect on a three-hour drive is that you're going to get an hour-and-a-half rain delay. But uh, here we are at halftime. It's uh, almost 10 o'clock. Yes. And I should mention Swanee leads 17 nothing. Thank you for listening to the morning sports, though. Tell, at least I know you're listening. Oh, yeah, I heard you say that, and I'm like, ooh, I'm taking that. That's good. 
<laughs> so a uh, tough game so far here in the first half for FPC. They gave up an early touchdown on a wide receiver screen. Some uh, unfortunate situations trying to punt the ball. You don't expect to lose a game in, in the punting game, but uh, twice they just couldn't get a punt off. You had them, uh, you know, a bad snap on the first one, and on the second one just no real protection for the punter to get the ball away and uh, sending up Live Oak in great field position for the entire first half. I, I would figure if um, if you were to average it out, it's, there's a good chance that the average is Swanee starting every series in fpc territory so it's been that type of game you didn't see the bulldogs the fpc bulldogs really sustain a drive until about seven minutes to go in the first half so the offense start finally started to get it going in the second quarter they get down to the goal line and uh, instead of going in with the touchdown and making this a one score game or a two score game uh, you turn the ball over on the interception where Simmons, it was really nicely designed play. He fakes the handoff. You get uh, you get Cody Newton on the slant. He was open, uh, just a little late on the, the decision, a late late on the throw. But throws the interception. Um, so that drive, you end up not scoring. But you finally started to see some things click with that FPC offense. Then they get the ball back, and you know, somewhat mysteriously. With the ball inside Swanee territory, they make a quarterback change. Um, and, and Walker came in, and he looked pretty good, made a nice throw there to Cody Newton down the sideline, back shoulder throw to the five-yard line that was broken up, uh, but it was a good throw. So, uh, And here we are, fast forward to halftime, 17 nothing Swanee. Um, you, know, you feel like the score, Mike, should have been worse, but at the same time, you still feel kind of in this game. Yeah, you're still within striking distance at this point. FPC gets the ball to start. This is going to be the most important series of the game, I believe, coming out of the third quarter. Bill Belichick will tell you that the first four minutes of the third quarter and the last four minutes of the first half are the most important eight minutes of the game. They've kept Swanee off the board. They've got to get some points of their own. They've got to sustain a drive. We'll see what they can do. First half stats, FPC ran for 34 yards, led by... Marcus Mitchell with 22, 27 yards passing, all off the arm of Ladarius Simmons. Cody Newton has three catches for 20 yards. Swanee hasn't had a lot of offense. They had 49 yards on the touchdown play. They've yeah. had just 56 yards since. Yeah, you had that uh, that screen we mentioned, and also uh, the entire offense so far uh, for for Swanee was the read option. And Cody Lang keeping the ball. I mean, he scored a touchdown. That was a 25-yard run for a touchdown off that play, and they've had a lot of success on that read option and Cody Lang holding on to the football and making that decision. Other than that, Bulldogs, they they bottled up Lou Jack Smith for the most part in that first half. They've done a good job. They've been pressed because of the issues with the punt game, and we thought long snapping might be an issue with the injury to Carson Cato. It has at times, but it's really been the punt protection that's really let them down as there's 9.04 left until the third quarter. Some scores in the area. Mainland and DeLay on the top two teams in the Flagler-Volusia area going toe-to-toe. It's what you would have expected. 36-31 Mainland in the fourth. St. Augustine trails Bowles 36-28 in the fourth. Matanzas was a 30-8 winner, as we said earlier. I'm still efforting a Tokoy beachside score. And an update from Spruce Creek. 
What does FPC have to do to get back in this game in your mind, Rich? Well, I think they're having a, a good day. We just discussed how good, how well they're playing on defense. You got to figure out who you are on offense, and, and I've liked the aggressive play. They've had some success throwing the wide receiver screen to Cody Newton. He's doing a good job getting open out there. Um, so I like the play calls. I like the aggressive nature of the offense. But sometimes it comes down to the players executing. And uh, we'll see if we get Ladarius Simmons back in this ball game. He had a great drive. We talked about it. It ended on the interception. But I saw really, really effective pocket presence from him. So I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see Ladarius Simmons make some more plays with his legs, which he was able to do on the best drive of the night for them so far, um, and, and maybe make a couple more plays because, you know, there was a play there where he made a play with his legs, and he had Marcus Mitchell in the flat. He overthrew him just a little bit uh, and a little late on the decision to Cody Newton in the end zone. So I'd like to – I don't know what the situation is there, I'd like to see Ladarius Simmons back in this game, and you'll need uh, a lot of big plays from him with his legs to get the Bulldogs back in this game. And, of course, you need the defense to continue to do what they're doing. And the numbers kind of lie, I think, which Cody, excuse me, Ladarius Simmons, 5 for 13 for 27 yards. didn't feel like a normal 5 for 13. There were a couple drops in there. It, you had one of those plays was on a third and 12 out of a 90-minute delay where you have no choice but to throw the ball. But that's a tough situation to And throw I'll the say ball this. The, the Cody Sim, the, um, the Ladarius Simmons that you saw in the first quarter was not the same Ladarius Simmons that you saw in the second quarter. What I saw was a quarterback that grew in one quarter. He was a little nervous in the first quarter. You could tell high on some throws. A, a little quick to, to try to get out of the pocket. And then all of a sudden that in that second quarter, I mean, I really think the pocket presence was amazing. He was so calm as, as the pocket broke down around him and made the right decisions. There was another play where there was a low snap, and he didn't try to do too much with it. He didn't try to just, uh, you know, you, you see some of these kids, they'll pick up the, the ball, a, a low snap, and try to run around and make this Superman heroic play. He picked up that low snap and ran right up the middle with it and got three to four yards. So, to me, uh, you saw some maturity develop from the first quarter to the second quarter for Simmons. Um, so I, those numbers don't surprise me because I really felt like he did, he did progress, he did evolve as a player a little bit from one quarter to the next. I completely agree. And this is, you know, and it's a tough spot to put – Cole Walker in because Cole Walker comes in on third and long in the middle of a drive you know off the bench after a long delay it's a tough spot to put Cole Walker in you know and so this this is not this is not about Cole Walker this is just about no, he came in and threw a nice pass to yeah. you know so and and we saw uh, Cole Walker warming up before the game and and he looked confident he was throwing the ball well so uh, you know it's definitely nothing with with him, but uh, I just felt that Simmons was playing really well, you know, despite the, the turnover, the interception at the goal line, he was playing really well to that point. I completely agree, and I I don't know if I... I'll move on. Defensively, the defense has played well. Again, they've had their back against the wall. Ethan LaPepa with a huge sack early in the game. 
They've been pressed. You know, 17 nothing. It's not all on the defense because they've had their backs against the wall and they performed very well. If not for this FPC defense, we might have a running clock to start the second half. I mean, you look at the, the, the first uh, mistake on the punt where basically Swanee, they get the ball on the FPC 10-yard line and you get a goal line stand and it's still 7 nothing after that possession. And then you fail again on the next punt and you hold them to a field goal. So right away, you could have a situation where it's already 17 nothing, but instead it was 10 nothing. You know, So that defense did a great job. Uh, and then, of course, they're dealing with the turnover as well at the goal line. Um, they've done a great job keeping FPC in this game despite specials team, special teams and offense. Tokoy is leading 37-35 with one minute left against Beachside. The Barracudas of Beachside, the Toros of Tokoy, they call it the Surf and Turf. <laughs> the Surf and Turf, I like it. The school's about 10 miles apart. We'll be up at Tokoy next week. Yeah, how about that? Looking forward to uh, seeing Matanzas. They get the big victory here tonight, 30-8, to I believe, was the final score. And, you know, once again, playing, out, playing without their starting quarterback, Daquan Evans. They got used to that last year. And we all know Daquan Evans is a difference maker. He's incredibly talented. They're a different team when he's on the field running that Coach Forrest offense. However, the one thing the Pirates did prove to us last year, they have some fight in them. And even without a quarterback in the lineup, they're going to put together a, a game plan that has them competitive. And not only were they competitive tonight, once again, without their starting quarterback, they played winning football and they won convincingly. So very impressive. Looking forward to seeing them. They have a talented offense, and Coach Forrest talked about how his defense has so much depth. Rich, Mike Lichio knows people everywhere. Oh, that's so, true. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that so before. That, that Tokoy update was directly from <laughs> the game. Um, the scoreboard guy for the Jaguars. The Mike Lichio minions. My friend Jeremy. I'll be talking to him next week. He's the scoreboard. He's the scoreboard tech for the Jacksonville Jaguars, so he keeps me posted on things going on in Tokoy's world we got about two minutes left until the third quarter kickoff here in live oak paul yeah. langford stadium and definitely want to uh say thank you to everybody here you know frank allen the ad they've been extremely nice and uh, it's been a great experience coming up here to live oak and broadcasting the game to you in flagler county and hey all across the country all across the world on the Flagler Radio app. We're getting set. We're getting ready for the second half of football here from Live Oak, Florida. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back in 60 seconds with the second half. Swanee leads this one 17-0. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Hey, you're never going to believe this. I just heard someone say that they don't know where we are. Really? I guess I need to tell them again. Bunnell Auto Supply, one block west of US 1 and State Road 100. Bay Street, Bunnell. And don't forget to tell them that we are the only Napa store in Flagler County. I think you just told them. Oh, right. They also need to know that we do deliver. We should probably tell them that we're not like all the corporate stores. We can get just about anything. What is corporate? Exactly. Come see us at Bunnell Auto Supply. Supply. Bay Street Banal.
AK Tires are your fast, friendly, local tire experts where you'll score big with lifetime balancing and rotation that's always included when you purchase four new tires. Don't pass up the savings you'll receive on new and used tires, custom wheels, alignments, and repairs at AK Tires. Plus, financing is available. Easy to find just one mile west of I-95 on State Road 100. You'll always make the right call when you call AK Tires, 437-0888. Online at aktires.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Here at Paul Langford Stadium, getting set for a second half of football. Our opener of the 2023 season, a battle of Bulldogs. Swanee Bulldogs lead the FPC Bulldogs 17 to nothing. FPC gets the ball first to start the second half, and you mentioned it before, Mike. At this point, anyway, the most important drive of the game for the Bulldogs, and I guess, yeah, we talked about it. It'll be fascinating to see who the quarterback is going to be for FPC as we get the second half started. Going around the district, Nice beat Andrew Jackson High School 10-7. So the Nice Panthers halfway to their win total last year. Tokoy and Beachside is final, 37-35. We'll have Tokoy twice this year, October 27th. A certain announcer's birthday, <laughs> Tokoy will be at FPC. In well, I know FPC's it's not my birthday. Finale. I know it's not my birthday, so um, you must be talking about John Sterling of the New York Yankees. Boy, they're terrible. Uh, why would, we <laughs> why would I bring that up? John doesn't deserve to be brought up in that context. That's true. Bartram Trail beat Pontevedra 20-17. to 20 to 17. Pontevedra is going to be the class of the district. It's not. It's a very winnable district. Bartram Trail. They were undefeated during the regular season last year. Boy, did we see that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Whew. You know, and they brought most of their team back. So that must be a little shock to the system to lose here opening night. Well, they were able to defeat Pontevedra. Oh, they won. Okay, I heard you wrong. Yep, but Pontevedra played them tough. Pontevedra is going to be. Improved this year, coming off a five and five season. Tokoy is coming off a six and four season, and they have new coach Zach Harbison, so they're kind of in a transition year for them. And then Nice, not sure what to make of Nice because Nice won two and eight last year. It's feast or famine under their head coach Colin Drafts. Colin Drafts has made the playoffs three times as a head coach, and in the four years he didn't make the playoffs, six and thirty-four. Wow. And the last two years are a perfect example. Nice what, 9-4 and four and 21? 2-8 and eight and 22. But that was a great game. They'll play on October 13th, FPC in Nice. That game will be at Nice High School, where Tim Tebow went and went 0-4 versus the alma mater. Yeah, hopefully uh, we can walk away from this game tonight and say it was a great game. But for that to happen, the FPC Bulldogs have to have a huge second half here. To get back in this one right now, down three scores, 17 nothing to the Swanee Bulldogs. Stepping up to the microphone with the play-by-play, Mike Licio. I thank you, Rich. As Jace Morgan is teeing it up at the 40-yard line. Zyquan Neal, Cody Newton back deep. 17 to nothing, Swanee leads as we kick off the third quarter. Scoring update, St. Augustine driving down 36-28 to Bowles in the fourth quarter. That is going to be who Matanzas is going to be, need to beat if they want to have a district championship. Morgan steps into it. High end over end kick. Newton fields it at the three. 
He's got some room to run. He's across the 20, and he's clothesline there at the 23-yard line. And that is where FPC takes over here in the third quarter. Oh, almost took off poor Cody Newton's head that time. It's going to be Cole Walker at quarterback. All right, so we'll see. Uh, you know, he looked good uh, when he came in the game there late in the second quarter. A couple nice passes. And this is a situation where if you're uh, Mr. Walker, you say, I need to take advantage of this this opportunity and have a big second half here. He looked good against Matanzas. For Nice in the spring game, three receivers to the right, Neal, Daly, and the tight end, Caliendo. Zizek to the left. It's a give up the middle to Mitchell. Mitchell bouncing off tacklers. Cody uh, Walker, Cole Walker kept uh, himself. I, uh, man, I got fooled on that one. <laughs> that was good ball handling skills from Cole work, Walker on that first play. Very good. It's Gets about, yeah, there you go. Gets about four yards. Quickly lined back up. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. Newton takes the Potter snap. It's a give to Mitchell this time for real. He gets across the 30 to the 31-yard line, and it's going to bring up third down and two. Yeah, hard run that time from Marcus Mitchell off the left tackle. Sets up the FPC Bulldogs right where they want to be, third and short. They call it the 30. Three receivers to the right, Caliendo, Daly, and Neal. Zizek to the left. Watson, play action fake. Flushed out of the pocket. Might have been a busted play there. He's going to gain no yards, and it's going to be fourth down. And there was a difference. You see, that time I feel like Walker made the decision to run with the ball too quickly. There was good protection on that play. He needed to keep his eyes downfield and not give up on his receivers on that play. That time... Got a little nervous and, and ran with the ball too quickly. Is it possible there was confusion on the play call? Could be. Could be. I wasn't sure if that was a read or if he was supposed to hand it off, and I don't think he was either. Yeah. That is a punt away by McGee. Fielded by Rawson at the 43-yard line, and he's going to be stopped there. And that's where Swanee will take over. Some laundry on the field after the play see what that's all about but uh, if it stands there you go once again with Swanee starting a drive with fantastic field position but we'll see if it stands some discussion among the officials it's a hold against Swanee so they'll move that back 10 yards if you can say one thing about Swanee that needs to be addressed after this game it's probably the penalties that was their seventh of the night that's a good point we've seen a lot of that and that's part of what has kept the FPC Bulldogs in this game. As a matter of fact, the first first down for the FPC offense tonight was on back-to-back offside penalties on the Swanee defense. So that's a spot foul, so they move it all the way back to the 28-yard line. First and 10, 10-17 to go in the third quarter. Swanee leads 17-0. Yeah, and the key for the FPC defense here in the second half, you have to stop the Cody Lang running game on those read options. He's had a lot of success on that tonight. 25-yard touchdown run. You have to put a stop to that here in the second half. Five carries, 39 yards. Five for eight, 59 yards passing for Lang. He's in the shotgun. Three receivers to the left. Takes a snap. Looking out to the left. It's complete and down right there. He couldn't keep his feet. That was Zatavius Johnson with the catch and a gain of one. Another one of those wide receiver screens. That, that play got them a touchdown. 
on the third play from scrimmage here tonight, but that time maybe the field conditions uh, wasn't able to keep his footing. Right to one knee as soon as he caught it. 9.54 to go in the third. It's second and nine. Two receivers to the left along with the tight end, Logan Brooks. Starling in the backfield with Lang. He's back to throw. He's looking downfield. Here comes Colby Cronk. He's going to run away from him, and he's going to have to throw it away. Rich, there was no one anywhere there, but he was outside the pocket. FHSA rule that was adopted last year because they don't want quarterbacks to hold the ball and just take a licking, especially from guys like Colby Cronk. So you're able, once you're outside the tackle box, to throw it away regardless if there's a receiver in the area or not. And a great play from Cody Lang that time. There was no way he was going to get away from Kobe Cronk. Cronk got outside the tackle box and just threw it away. And instead of third and 15, you got a third and nine. Rich, you were a quarterback back in your day. Are you staying in there against Colby Cronk? No, no, that ball, would I would have had intentional grounding. Yeah. <laughs> got rid of that right away. Some mix-up here is Swanee's trying to get lined up. Five seconds on the play clock. Three receivers to the right, two to the left. They're going empty here on third and nine. Lang back to throw. Calls his own number. Out across the middle, across the 35. He's going to be close to the first down, but just a hair short. Eight yards on that run once again. Great presence. Uh, again, saw Kobe Crock coming right at him. Stepped up in the pocket, ran right up the middle and about a yard short of a first down. So, again, big play from Cody Lang on the ground, and he's still on the field. No question about it here, it would seem, Rich. But at 17-0 with 9.04 left in the third. Looks like there's a timeout on the field. Is that disrespect for the uh, FPC defense or confidence in your offense if you don't kick it here? I think it's the latter. I think it's confidence in your offense. They're going to measure. It Rich, looks, what do you think? I, it looks like it's well short, at least a yard, I would say. I didn't think it was that close. But it's looking like it's closer than I thought. That's interesting. So, yeah, hard to. So they're just. What, what are they doing? I don't doing mind exactly? this. They brought the chains out to spot to mark the ball off, and they want to make sure they spot it properly. So they just brought the chains out to make sure that happens. They want to get this spot right on fourth and short. Looks like they're going to have it a little less than a yard. You know, they're going to go for it, Mike. Or they might play the whole game. Uh, you know, uh, try to draw them off sides again. 9.04 in the third quarter. Best time of the game. Fourth and one. Cody Lang empty. Three receivers to the right. They've got Rawson and Brooks to the right. Two receivers to the left. And now Kyler Hall is going to take a timeout. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. So you're ready to freshen up the look of your home? You'll see a whole new world when you look through your windows. Blinds and plantation shutters by Jason. Whether it be plantation shutters, window shades that roll up and roll down, horizontals, verticals, even draperies and cornices. And because we're locally owned, we can come out, measure, and install quicker than anyone. Call us anytime. We're in Palm Coast, 386-445-5611. Blinds by Jason. Welcome back to Paul Langford Stadium. Mike Licio, Rich Carroll here with you in 
beautiful Live Oak, Florida. Swanee Bulldogs have fourth and one on their own 38. 8.59 to go in the third quarter. They and lead 17 to nothing. They changed their minds, Mike. They're going to kick it now. And so Newton is back with Daly. They're not very far back. He hasn't been long on the punts. He had an amazing field goal. He had a 54-yarder at the end of the half, but they let that roll about 30, and that's a fair catch at the 31-yard line. And that is where FPC takes over. Update from the alma mater. St. Augustine is tied in with Bowles from down 15. 36-36 with 3.49 left. Wow, what a tremendous game that is. We'll have an update from DeLand in just a moment. And you feel like uh, St. Augustine this year, they're one of the best teams in the district, huh? The number one and two teams in Class 3S were Mainland and St. Augustine. And as I've said all spring and all summer and now into the fall, I believe that those teams are on a collision course. Walker takes a snap. It's a give off the right side to Mitchell. He's running behind Caliendo, but he's tripped up close to the line of scrimmage. It'll be second down. And another slow-developing play that time for maybe a little confusion, but it just seemed like uh, there wasn't a lot of push from the offensive line, and it took a while to get the ball to Mitchell. So second and ten, Bulldogs back to the line of scrimmage, ready to go. Three receivers to the left, one to the right. Walker back to throw. Looking downfield, has Newton in the flat. It's completed to 35, across the 40, and short of a first down, it's going to be third down and one. And there's a flag back where Walker threw the football, and it looks like it's going to be a penalty against FBC. So that is a hold, and depending on where the spot is, this could be critical. If it's spotted, if the, the, the penalty spotted from where the flag is, FPC could be back inside their own 15. And it was, it's unfortunate because it was a positive play. I believe that would have been the first completion of the game for Walker to Newton, who's been a popular target for FPC quarterbacks here tonight. Unfortunately, the hold has really put them in a hole here. Third Bulldog penalty. It's second and 20 at the 21. Walker in the shotgun. 8-10 to go in the third quarter. It's a give up the middle to Mitchell. High stepping across the 25-yard line and brought down at the 26. Yeah, nice run that time from Mitchell. Hard run and took a hit from Delwyn Allen over the middle there, but he just kept on trucking, kept on rolling. And that's going to set up a third and about 14, I'd say. He is walking off the field a little gingerly. He did take a big hit there. Amen Ajid is going to check in. Swanee head coach is very upset about something and calls a timeout. So, 7.41 to go in the third quarter. Swanee has already called two timeouts. FPC has third and 16 at the 26-yard line. He was fired up. Something something happened there that he didn't like. Somebody lined up in the wrong spot, possibly, and he's still fired up. If the Bulldogs can get some offense and get some points on the board, that is something to keep an eye on, that the Swanee Bulldogs have just one timeout left. Right. You know, right now it doesn't seem like something that would hurt them, but if you get a one-possession game late in this game, that might uh, that might matter. Mainland leads the land 43-31 with a minute left in the fourth quarter down at Spec Martin Stadium in the land. So, Looks like Travis Rollins' Bucks are going to go to 1-0. Back here in Live Oak, third and 15 at the 26. Zizek, Daly, Newton to the left. 
Neal by himself to the right. Walker sets up the screen. It's complete to Neal. Out to the 36-yard line, but it's going to be short of a first down. Nice move by Neal there to gain the yardage. Unfortunately, could not get the line of scrimmage, the line to gain. Fourth down for the Bulldogs, and there is an injured Swanee player on the field. Yes, yeah, that's, that's the wide receiver screen where you're like, you got one guy to beat, you got the cornerback to beat, make a play, and that time Neal made a play, just couldn't get the uh, get the first down. First completion of the night for Walker. A 10-yard completion to Neal, his first catch of the night. We've got an injury on the field. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Hey, it's bad enough you can't see. Then you have to wait three weeks to get your eyeglasses. Hi, this is Jade with iStyle Optical. Because we have our own in-house lab, you'll get new eyeglasses the same day or the next day. Come see us in Palm Coast in the Winn-Dixie Plaza on Palm Coast Parkway. The Eat and Play Combo is back at Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach. Available Monday through Friday, pick one of six entrees and a $35 power card, all for $39.99. Join us for trivia on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., half-price game Wednesdays, and karaoke on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Skip the rain and the heat at your home of eat, drink, play, and watch. Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach, you know you want to. I-95, exit 265 by the Tanger Outlets. for FPC at the 36-yard line. Maybe a little trickery here. Maybe you you fake it. Chase McGee back to punt. MJ Rawson. Jadarius Horn waiting deep. Wobbly snap. Fielded cleanly by McGee. Gets a good boot into this one. Fair catch called for by Rawson at the 32-yard line. And Swanee takes over there. Leading 17-0 with 7.20 to go in the third. Nice play by Rawson with the fair catch. It was, like you said, a beautiful punt. Some hang time there, some distance. Swanee starts this drive from their own 31. Two and a half corners in. Swanee only has 106 yards of offense in this game. Yeah, The FPC defense has done a great job, especially when you – and also – they haven't needed to, to gain a lot of yardage, right? Because they're consistently starting their drives in great field position. So there's not a lot of yards to be had. But the defense, as you said, has held strong. They sure have. It could be worse. Stacy Mitchell on the line, along with Dennis LaPeppa and Kronk. Lang takes the snap. He gives it to Starling, who picks up maybe two on the play. It's going to bring up second down. Be interesting to see how aggressive you are if you're the Swanee Bulldogs. Where, you know, FPC, they haven't shown any ability to sustain a drive and score. You have a three score lead. There's no real reason to take a risk. You can keep running the football, keep using Cody Lang's legs to make plays, and you could be all right for the rest of the game. Second and eight at the 34, a stack receiver formation to the right, two tight ends on the field. It's give up the middle again, and that again is Starling, who gets out to about the 39-yard line. It's going to pick up five, and it's going to bring up third and short. I was just about to say you're seeing more uh, Starling in this second half than Lou Jack Smith, and right as I say that, here comes Lou Jack Smith in the game for third down. 
It's going to be two receivers in the play. MJ Rawson, Jadarius Horn. Check that. That's Noah Lopez. Two tight ends. Hunter Watson and Logan Brooks. LJ Smith in the backfield with Lang. He calls for the snap. Tight end motions left. It's a give to the left. Smith trying to bounce outside. Turns the corner. He's not going to get there. Colby Cronk pulls him down in the backfield. Yeah, Colby Cronk's pursuit on that play was excellent. Just when you thought Smith was going to get to the outside, Colby Cronk was there to stop him and force a punt. 5.39 to go in the third quarter. Swanee leads 17 to nothing. They send Jace Morgan out to punt. Cody Newton, Robbie Daly back deep to field it. It's gotten quiet in here, Rich. Be a great chance uh, for, for FPC special teams to make a big play here. Newton's had a couple of good runbacks. End over end boot. Newton fields it and calls for a fair catch at the 28-yard line. And that's been the result. You know, you've had some good punts with hang time, and Newton's been forced to fair catch the last two or three punts. And I expect that Walker will be out there at quarterback. It's going to be first and 10. They're going to put that at the 32-yard line. 5-10 to go in the third. FBC trails 17 to nothing here at Paul Lankford Stadium in Live Oak. Teams huddled up at their respective sidelines. We've got a water break. Oh, we do. <laughs> Let's take 30 seconds. I like the sound of that, Mike. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Tired of having to be the taxi for your kids? They could get their license today. Why wait for them to take a driving test with the state and sit in the DMV office for hours? That is, if you can even get an appointment. It's easy and hassle-free to make an appointment with Elite Driving School. They can take a state driving test right on the spot with trustworthy and qualified instructors and get their driver's license right away. Call Elite Driving School, now testing seven days a week in Flagler and St. John's County. 904-481-9490. 904-481-9490. Or visit EliteDrivingSchoolFL.com. Ball tipped up, intercepted. What a play there and a touchdown for MJ Rawson. He jumped around, he tipped it up to himself, he stayed with it, and he brought it home for the Swanee Bulldogs score. It's, It's unfortunate to say, but I feel that Walker was late on the read, then the pass was high, and then, yeah, just... An incredible highlight reel play to tip that high pass up in the air and field it for the interception and run it in for the touchdown. What a play. 23-0, five minutes to go. Morgan's going to try and kick one on out to Parsley Street again. That's a huge, huge turnover. Second interception by FPC quarterbacks here tonight. Snap is down, kick is up, and it's wide, right? Did he get it through? He did get it through. Those tiny goalposts. <laughs> Back in 30 seconds, you're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. When you need cash, cash it in. Hi, this is Rich. And I'm Shelly. We pay cash for just about everything. And we buy gold. Anything of value, chances are we'll pay you cash. Oh, and if you're looking for a great deal on a diamond ring. we got a great selection of jewelry in stock. Come in and check us out. Musical instruments, DVDs, video games, and more. You never know what you're going to find at cash. 
Ashton and Jewelry and Pawn. We're easy to find, just one mile west of Belterra on 100. So come see us. Or give us a call at 263-2920. And cash it in. Five minutes to go in the third quarter. Swanee has extended their lead to 24-0 after an acrobatic interception by M.J. Rawson. That's been quite a night for Rawson as well, right? He's made a big difference in this game. He definitely has, and maybe no bigger difference than on that play right there. Yeah, because if you're the Bulldogs at 17-0, you feel like you know, you're still in the game, but now after that play. His second touchdown tonight. Morgan steps into it, line drive kick, takes Newton back into the end zone, and it's a touchback. Yeah, it was Rawson on the uh, on the wide receiver screen for the touchdown, right? The forty-five yard touchdown run. Yes, sir. After catch, so he's he has a, a touchdown reception and an interception return for a touchdown in this game. So I'd say that's a good night. If he could get a player of the game from us, I think he would be it. Yeah, right now he'd be the leading candidate for player of the game. Along with the quarterback, he's had a nice night as well. And Cody Lang is playing both ways. Cole Walker back in at quarterback. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. First and ten at the 20. Five minutes to go in the third quarter. Takes the snap. Give to Mitchell. Big hole for Mitchell. Bouncing it outside. Cutting back inside across the 25. Dragging tacklers with him. Got the first down, and it's an 11-yard run by Marcus Mitchell. Yeah, broke two tackles. Uh, the first tackle was an attempt at a leg tackle on Marcus Mitchell. It just wasn't happening. He broke out of that. Then he dragged two Swanee players across the first down marker. I said you couldn't arm tackle him. Yeah. I didn't mean leg tackle him. <laughs> first and 10 at the 31. Low snap for Walker. Gives it up the middle to Mitchell. Running with a full head of steam across the 35. And he's going to get to the 36. It's a gain of five. Yeah, just good hard running from Marcus Mitchell there. Two carries in a row. See if we could help stabilize this FPC offense. Start making some positive plays. Second and five at the 36. 418 to go in the third. Walker in the shotgun. Back to throw. Fires it outside. That is complete to Neal. Neal up the sideline and across the 40 to the 43-yard line. For FPC. About eight yards for Neal on the reception that time. Gets a first down. Bulldogs got the chains moving. Jake Medlock going with tempo here. Down three scores. He has no choice. Second catch of the game for Neal. Two receivers to either side. Give up the middle. And that is number 24, Ajayi. And that is a big run. He gets from the 43 down to the other 44, a 13-yard run. Walker in the shotgun again, first and 10, 3.46 to go. Give to Ajayi again. Big hole! And there's a flag. They're gonna, that one's going to be coming back after a hold. Ajayi, very shifty out there. Nice move, cutting to the outside and getting the first down, but uh, that hole was there because of the hold. And it's going to negate a 12-yard run. Looked like there was a hold there from the left tackle, and that's why it opened it up. Fourth FPC penalty. As the officiating crew marks it back to the 46 of FPC. 
That's going to be first in about 19 there. Walker in the shotgun. Two receivers to either side. That is a give off the left side. Where has this kid been all game? That is Jaquan Grimes. Jaquan Grimes had a touchdown run last week in the kickoff classic. Picked up 10 there. FPC continues to go hurry up. Second and 10 at the 46-yard line. Checked out the 44. It's a give to Grimes again. And he's up to the 41-yard line, a pickup of three. Yeah, they're giving Marcus, Marcus Mitchell a little bit of a breather, but these guys coming in to back him up are doing a good job out there. 2.58 to go in the third. FPC lined up. Neal to the right with Newton and Zizek to the left. Walker fires, hits Neal, complete at the 30-yard line, across the 30. He's back across the middle of the field and down to the 25-yard line. It's a 16-yard completion and a Bulldog first down. That time the timing was perfect between Neal and Walker. A little button hook on the outside, and it was a laser beam from Walker right between the numbers. First and 10, Walker gives it this time to Grimes. He's going to be tripped up, but he's going to gain a couple. 24-0, Swanee leads, but the Bulldogs of FPC are driving. Two-yard run, it's second and eight at the 23-yard line. Walker in the shotgun with Grimes. Two receivers to the right. They are Neal and Winkler. Looking downfield for Winkler and mm. just missed him incomplete. Yeah, he had Winkler wide open, possible touchdown that time, but... Throw it, threw it to the back shoulder out of bounds. So it's third and eight. And this is a drive that's had a lot of momentum for FPC. It, uh, the timing that time was there. The throw was not. Zizek and Newton to the left. Winkler and Neal to the right. Walker gives it to Grimes. Grimes has a hole. He's across the 20. He's pushing. The, he's down near the 15. That's really and it's going to be fourth and short. Mm. Well, obviously, you got to go for it here. Grimes now with four carries for 23 yards. Boy, he has come in and made a difference in this game. Fourth and one at the 16. It's a little 20. shaken up after that play, too, Mike. And he's going to – we're going to have a timeout by FPC. We'll take it with them. 138 to go. It's 24 to nothing, Swanee, here in the third quarter. Back in 30 seconds, you're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Advent Health is bringing more to Flagler County. That's more convenience, more services, more care. We've expanded our services in Palm Coast, bringing added convenience and world-class specialty care, including emergency, cardiology, and surgery. With the opening of Advent Health Palm Coast Parkway, a 100-bed full-service hospital, residents of Flagler and St. John's Counties will now have two locations where they can access exceptional health care close to home. Advent Health Palm Coast Parkway Hospital is now open. Visit AdventHealthPalmCoastParkway.com to learn more. Lankford Stadium. Let's get you reset. Coming out of the timeout. Fourth and one at the 16-yard line for FPC. They are driving, but they need to keep it going. They trail 24-0 with 1.38 to go in the third quarter. Oh, yeah, and if you have any hope of getting back in this ball game, if you're the FPC offense, you got to get this first down. Heavy package for FPC. In the backfield with Mitchell is La Peppa and Colby Cronk. Colby Cole Walker takes the snap, gives it to Mitchell. He runs behind Colby Cronk. 
He's got the first down, and he's going to get down to the 11, a pickup of five. Yeah, that was, that was a must-must-have if you're the FPC Bulldogs. Second time of the game in the red zone for FPC. So it's first and 10 at the 11, so the Bulldogs can get a first down. Marcus Mitchell back in the game for Jaquan Grimes. Grimes had 33 yards on eight carries last week against Atlantic Coast. Walker calls his own number. He has some room across the left side. Little shake and bake down to just inside the 10. Yeah, a little read option action that time from Walker, but Swanee was not fooled. Walker has wheels. He had an 85-yard touchdown run against Matanzas for Nice in the spring game. Second and nine at the 10. Walker in the shotgun with Mitchell. It's a give to Mitchell. No, Walker keeps it himself. Maybe back to the line of scrimmage, and it's going to bring up third and long. 40 seconds to go in the third quarter. Yeah, again, same play. A little read option that time for Walker. Decides to keep it himself again and look to have lost a yard that time. Winkler and Neal to the right. Newton and Zizek to the left. Walker and the shotgun give to Marcus Mitchell. Big hole inside the five, down inside the three-yard line. And it's going to bring up fourth and short. Ten seconds to go in the third quarter. FPC going to try and get a playoff here. Five seconds to go. And that is the end of the third quarter. Your score, Swanee 24, FPC 0. Back in 30 seconds, you're listening to Flagler County High School Football on the WNZF, on WNZF-FM and the Flagler Radio app. Hey, you're never going to believe this. I just heard someone say that they don't know where we are. Really? I guess I need to tell them again. Bunnell Auto Supply, one block west of US 1 and State Road 100. Bay Street, Bunnell. And don't forget to tell them that we are the only Napa store in Flagler County. I think you just told them. Oh, right. They also need to know that we do deliver. We should probably tell them that we're not like all the corporate stores. We can get just about anything. What is corporate? Exactly. Come see us at Bunnell Auto Supply. Supply. Bay Street Banel. Back here at Paul Langford Stadium. Getting set for the fourth quarter. FPC trails this one 24 0. They're knocking at the door right at the goal line, but it's fourth down, Mike. And we said before, man, this first down is a must have. This touchdown is a must have in this one. You can't settle for three here. You have to go for it on fourth down, and you really have to. You can get a first down. You only need two yards to get a first down because you're at the three-yard line. But you have to get that ball either inside of the one or, even better, inside of the pylon. And it's not right on the goal line. It's at the two-yard line. So, you know, you're going to have to make it happen here. Uh, You have to clear the way for Marcus Mitchell. They're probably going to come back out with that same heavy package and, um, Colby Cronk out there to lead the way for Marcus Mitchell. Uh, you know, do they have the guts to maybe play action? It I wouldn't do that. I think you got to do power football here and and get that ball in the end zone with Marcus Mitchell. You still have number seventeen Walker out there at quarterback. Mitchell to his left. Mitchell gets the ball up the middle. Shifts to the left. He stopped right there, short of the goal line. The Bulldogs will not get the touchdown. They will not score. Swanee stands tall, and they hold their 24-0 lead with 11.52 to go 
in the game. Huge stop. Number 58 for Swanee. That is Kaivante Beasley, and he is a load. And even Ethan LaPeppa and Colby Cronk couldn't move him on that play. Yeah, and and right away, Mitchell, he noticed. He said, well, I'm not going to get through that way. And he shifted to the left a little bit, but at that point it was too late. Looks like it was no gain on the play, so Swanee will start this drive from their own two-yard line. First and 97. If you're the Bulldog defense, you just got to keep going here, keep getting stops. Lang takes the snap, handoff up the middle. He's going to be stuffed right there at the line of scrimmage. Maybe got a yard. That was L.J. Smith on the carry. L.J. 10 carries for just 13 yards. Yeah, Bulldogs have done a good job containing L.J. Smith. It's been Cody Lang that's gotten them on the ground a little bit here tonight, but as you mentioned, really not a lot of yards from scrimmage for Swanee. They've played with a lot of short fields, and when they've had opportunities, they've taken advantage of them. The, you know, That's why they have a 24 nothing lead. Taking their time. They only had 15 yards of offense in the third quarter. They only have 120 for the game. FPC shows blitz up the middle. Lang back to pass. Now keeps it. He's going to lose a yard on the play, and it's going to set up a third and long right at their goal line. Ran into Stacy Mitchell. Lang did the most important thing, though. He got the ball out of the end zone. Yep. And he knew right. He took a look. It was a good play. Good quarterback play that time from Lang. You take a look downfield. There was nothing there. He kept it himself. Got it out of the end zone. Set up third down. 12 to go at the one-yard line. 24-0 lead with 10.30 to go in the fourth. Lang takes a snap. Now rolls to his left sidesteps Colby Cronk. He throws it away in the end zone. There was a receiver in the area, so it was very close. And Colby Cronk is upset he didn't get him. Cody Lang's more upset, it seems. Oh, yeah. Cody Lang was really upset on that play. He was in the grasp, and I started to think safety, you know, when he threw it away, but there was a receiver in the area. Colby Cronk, I think, went for the big hit there and might have just missed him. MJ Rawson with a great heads-up play to get back to the ball to make sure that that wasn't grounded because right. he was in the tackle box. Yep, and, and uh, you know, Lang, as you said, Kobe Cronk went for the big hit. Uh, Lang sidestepped him but still got in the grasp and had to get rid of it. I don't think I have two people back here. I think I, I'm sending everybody here. Johnson late on the field. He gets there, punting from the back of his end zone, gets it away. It's straight up in the air. Newton fields it at the 35 and takes a hit there. A big-time hit. He tried not to fair catch it, but he was hit immediately, but did a good job holding on to the football. That's a huge hit yeah. from Darius Horn. Yeah, he is a big hitter, too. So, once again, Swanee with good field position, but at this point, you'll, a three and out is fine because you're going to run time off the clock. Well... If you're FPC here, you probably got the best field position of the night. There's 10 minutes and 11 seconds left in this game. So if you're aggressive, you get a quick score here, and uh, you would be down 24-7. to So still hope when you get field position like this. Ball at 36-yard line. Walker out there at quarterback, takes snap, 
Throws to his left. It's low. Caught out there by Robbie Daly, but uh, it was a low pass, and it fell to his knee right away. Second and ten. So there might have been room to run out there with a more accurate pass. So the Bulldogs get a stop on first down. Four wide receivers for Walker. He's going to hand it off up the middle. No, he keeps it himself, and it's almost intercepted again. I think it was. No. Oh, he couldn't hang on. I thought he had it. Yeah. Oh, man. So he's shown some great ball handling skills here tonight, but it was almost another acrobatic interception from Swanee as the ball was tipped at the line again. We have a different quarterback on the field now for FPC. That is Kanan Gonzalez playing in his first regular season tackle football game. On third down, sets up the screen. That pass is accurate. And make a move toward the inside. Has a first down up to the 24-yard line. That's Robbie Daly this time. Same play. Pass was low previously. This time, right between the numbers. And he was able to make a move to the inside and... Get a first down. Picked up 11 on the play. We have officials timeout. We'll keep it right here with 9.50 to go in the fourth quarter. Bulldogs get a first down. They're at the Swanee 25-yard line. And uh, we've now we've seen all three of those quarterbacks that we saw warming up for FPC before, before the ball game. Yes, and even uh, in the pregame show that People finally got to hear during a lightning delay. Yeah. And even during the week, Daniel Fish said all three had a chance to play. And so we're seeing that here. Bulldogs need to score in a hurry, though. Interesting spot he brings these guys in, though. Third and long, you know, <laughs> you bring in the new quarterback, Caden uh, Gonzalez. So that, that's an interesting spot to bring them in. A lot of pressure. But, hey, you find out who you got when you put them in in positions like that, and he made a nice, accurate throw on the wide receiver screen to Robbie Daly. He was able to make a move, and now you got a first down and 10 from the 25-yard line. Caden Gonzalez back out there at quarterback. Four wide receivers. Grimes in the backfield with him. Fake to Grimes. Throw to the end zone. Wide open, and it's a touchdown. FPC to Zizak. A beautiful ball fake from Gonzalez and a perfect pass for the touchdown. Remember when Kyler Hall called a timeout because there was one-on-one coverage? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. They were completely fooled by that fake handoff from Gonzalez, and they get the touchdown, and it looks like FPC will go for two here. 24-6 is the score with nine and a half minutes to go in the game. What a beautiful throw for a 25-yard touchdown. Congratulations to Caden Gonzalez. Gonzalez over the middle, and the ball is knocked down. Nice defensive play that time from M.J. Rawson. He's been all over the field to break up the pass attempt for the two-point conversion. It is no good. 24-6, 9.38 to go in the ball game. We're going to keep it right here. But nice drive there. There was a new life to the Bulldogs when Gonzalez came in at quarterback and he hit Robbie Daly so perfectly on that wide receiver screen and then a beautiful fake handoff and a 25-yard touchdown pass to Zyquan. No, excuse me. Who caught that touchdown pass, Mike? 
that was that was Mikhail Zizek. Mikhail Zizek on the touchdown reception. So, man, oh, man, he came in and made a difference right there, Caden Gonzalez. Two beautiful passes, really. Yes, and legend has it that Caden Gonzalez was throwing footballs in the backyard of some neighborhood in Palm Coast and was discovered there. Really? I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it's almost I- I'll like, check with my sources. It's almost like, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, the Loch Ness Monster or something. It's, it's a mystery. Did you really see him there? Yeah, he was throwing the football. He looked great. Let's get him on the team. And he got his opportunity. I'm impressed that he got his opportunity on a third and long and uh, came in, and next thing you know, FPC's on the board for the first time this year. And they've got life. they got to get stops, and they got to get them in a hurry, though. Chase McGee out to kick it away. There's a flag on the field. Check the flag. It's going to be offsides against uh, FPC. Oh, delay a game. We had to delay a game on that play. Thank you. Fifth penalty for FPC tonight. Yeah, how could it be offsides? They didn't even kick the ball yet, but a delay a game. So that's going to move the ball back to the 35-yard line. As quiet as it is in here, you would think Swanee's down 24. Yeah. R.J. Rawson fields the ball at the 15-yard line. Across the 25. All the way up, and he breaks the tackle at the 40. He's still going up to the 46-yard line. It's about a 44-yard return or a 35-yard return. He fielded that at the 15. Well, second, Rawson now has made a big play in all three phases tonight. Math is hard. It is. <laughs> Ball is at the 46-yard line. So you need a big defensive stop from the FPC Bulldogs to keep them in this one. Nine and a half minutes to go in the game. Handoff up the middle is going to get it back to the line of scrimmage. Bring up a second down and 10 for Swanee. That's the first time we've seen Travis Feed, F-E-A-D. Picks up one on the play. Cody Lang in the shotgun, two wide receivers. Feed gets it again up the middle. Right back to the line of scrimmage. FPC all over it. Third and long from the 46. All you're trying to do is chew up clock here. A little slow reset in that 40-second clock. So it's going to be a third and long. And, yeah, obviously, if you're FPC, you get to stop here. You got eight minutes to go in the ball game. But you need three scores because of the two-point conversion. So time is of the essence. 
And that's why Swanee, they're taking their time right now. Five seconds on the play clock. Toward the sideline, incomplete. So that's going to stop the clock. That helps FPC a little bit and sets up the punt. Lang in the second half, one for four for one yard. So Swanee will punt it away here once again. Jace Moran out to punt it away. He's had a nice night kicking the ball. Hit a 45-yard field goal. Only 14 yards of offense for Swanee in the, th- in the second half. Fair catch called for at the 20. It's fumbled. It looks like he was able to fall back on it, and he did. FPC will take over right there at the 20-yard line. So still a shot here. I would assume that Gonzalez will come back out at quarterback. We'll get a chance to see him again. Last week in the kickoff classic, all three quarterbacks got to play. All three struggled. I think we've seen flashes from all three tonight. I don't know that the quarterback position has been decided. Last week I asked, well, I'll tell you after the play what I asked. Caden Gonzalez is back out there. He has three wide receivers to his right. Sets up the screen to Newton. A little high, slow developing play, incomplete. Jace Moran came on late and took a lick there from Daly trying to set up the screen. So I talked to Daniel Fish last week, and FPC has a bye this week because Tokoy was in a district with three small schools. Their enrollment is doubled. And they were petitioned out of it. Gonzalez back to pass. This time throws left. Complete to Neal. He's run out of bounds after about a six-yard gain. Takes what he can and gets out of bounds. Picks up about five. So third down and five for FPC. So with Tokoy coming into the district, FPC's bye week was moved from week 10 to week 2. And Fish wasn't happy about it, he said at the beginning. But with this quarterback situation, it'll be nice to have two weeks to really try and decide the job. Gonzalez fakes the handoff, sets up the wide receiver screen to Newton. He has a first down across the 30. Pushed out of bounds at about the 31. First down FPC. Gonzalez four for five now. 24 to 6. Swanee leads with seven and a half minutes to go here in the fourth quarter. Newton with his fourth catch of the night. Three wide receivers to his left, one to his right. Takes a snap, looks left, throws over the middle, and it's intercepted at the 42 yard line. And he's across the 50 into FPC territory. Down at the about the 42. There's a flag on the field. Gonzalez kind of floated that ball over the middle into double coverage and it was picked off. They were playing zone and the safety came up and that was a great play that time by Jadarius Horn. There is a flag on the play. See what they call here. Probably holding on the return. That's Swanee's eighth penalty of the night. And that's the third interception thrown by FPC quarterbacks, one from each. So we've seen three uh, FPC quarterbacks, uh, an interception from each quarterback, but Gonzalez did throw the touchdown pass. 
Yeah, I think there's a conversation to be had on our postgame show about the quarterbacks tonight. Yes. And make sure you're listening tomorrow morning at 7.30 on WNZF or any time on the Flagler radio app to hear our recap of this one. A very special Rich and Mike sports show from the car on the ride home. <laughs> Live from I-10. So Live Oak, uh, they take over from their own 45-yard line with seven minutes to go in this one. Handoff up the middle. That's to Smith. And that's Coy Fryer, the freshman in a quarterback. Oh, so it looks like Cody Lang's night is done. Yeah, you know, Cody Lang, I think he had a very effective game, but uh, Rossin was everywhere tonight. Touchdown uh, as a receiver. He had a pick six as a cornerback. He broke up a big two-point conversion in the end zone. Had a long kickoff return, too. That's right. Handoff up the middle again. That'll get a yard from Smith. Set up a third and long. And Swanee's doing this without their 1,200-yard running back. How about that? L.J. Smith has 11 carries for 14 yards, so tough yards for him tonight. Yeah, if you take a step back and you look at this game, there were a couple of huge plays on offense. You know, you had the 25-yard run from Cody Lang. You had the 45-yard reception for a touchdown from Rossin. So that's 14 points right there. Then you had the uh, the pick six. So it was all big plays deep down the field, incomplete, broken up by FPC. That was Watson on the breakup. Corinthians Watson taking a shot there. You know what? Some people would say, why would you do that? I disagree. It's only an 18-point game, and these are live snaps for Coy Fryer to get some valuable experience. So I think you do take a shot there. Yep, and uh, they were aggressive. He throws it into double coverage. And like you said, it's not exactly like it's so out of reach that, that you just stop playing. Swanee ready to kick the ball off to Cody Newton. Johnson arriving late again. Punt is on its way. Another high driving kick. Oh, Cody. That's going to be a safety. Cody Newton. He touched that football. Yeah. He didn't. No, he, he called it a safety. He no, he called it, it a safety. Yeah, that's a safety. He touched it out at the 10. Look, you didn't see him touch it. Oh. Well, they called it a safety on the field. It's 26 to 6. We have some disagreement up here in the booth. <laughs> um, but with five and a half minutes to go, now the, the uh, officials are talking about it. So we'll see if they change their minds on this one. I but, think this is one of those rules that differ, differs from the pro rule. Like, right. No, they're confirming it's a safety. Yeah, because if you touch the ball outside of the end zone, it's a live ball, right? You can't now go back and have a touchback. And that's where Daniel Fish is asking for clarification. Now, yeah, Fish wants to know what happened on that play. But that's, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like Cody Newton touched the ball outside of the end zone. It rolled back into the end zone. He tried to uh, kneel down with the football back there, but usually uh, that's a safety. 
So structurally, it doesn't change anything. It's still a three-score game. Where it really hurts is that Swanee now gets the ball back. Yes, yeah, that's the big thing now. Now they can run off another two, three minutes off the clock with 5.30 left here in the game. So it uh, looks like there may, may have been an official timeout here. Water break. Swanee coming back on the field. Five and a half minutes to go in this one. Three-score game, 26-6. to six. It's been a rough night for FPC. I think the defense has fought hard, and you've seen flashes from the offense, but it's clear that there is a, a lot of work to be done on that side of the ball, and you have to figure out who your leader is, who your quarterback is. That's something that they have not established yet. The defense only allowed 15 yards and a quarter and a half here in the second half. They've only allowed 120 for the game. Yeah, it wasn't about what Swanee was doing offensively. It's about three big plays. It's the wide receiver screen for a touchdown, the quarterback 25-yard run for a touchdown, and the pick six. That's the ball game. And then, you know, a ridiculous 45-yard field goal. You know, tonight M.J. Rawson took over this game. Yeah, M.J. Rawson was a superstar tonight. It reminds me of Marcel Williams. Marcel Williams, when he was at FPC, he did this every week. (laughs) He'd have a pick. He'd have a kickoff return. Kickoff fielded at the 25-yard line across the 30. Makes a move there. Cuts back to the inside up to the 41-yard line. Another nice return for Swanee. And once again, start this drive with great field position at their own 41-yard line. Impressive footwork by the freshman Zion Walker for Swanee. He was dancing back there. He was, and he kind of hid behind his blocker at the 40 and made a move from there. A patient Le'Veon Bell type. Yeah, run. it was it was a very skillful run that time, for sure. I'm going to get another break on the field. Let's take it with them. No, wait, they're coming back on there now. PC's ready to go. Let's keep it right here. Looks like FPC's ready to play, but it's a water break for the officials. Mainland beats the land 43-31. Wow, good game. Number one team in Class 3S, Mainland. That's Matanzas' class. Number two team is District Foe St. Augustine, who came back from down 36-21 to beat Bulls 43-36. They'll play the Pirates on September 29th at the Foots Brumley Stadium. So good night for the alma mater. I think we got another quarterback out there, uh, Mike Terrell Williams. Oh, no, that's number 17. That's Coy Fryer still. Excuse me. He takes it himself to the outside. Gets about seven yards on first down. Spinning around. That is the longest play of the second half. Tell you what, these, uh, these Swanee quarterbacks can run with the football. That's really been the offense here tonight uh, when they've had the ball is quarterbacks using their legs to make plays. But, yeah, it was a big play day for Swanee. That's what won the game here for them today. Swanee's only had 73 yards of offense since the 10 seconds into the game. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they've played with short fields, and like I said, the, the whole game comes down to three huge plays. It really does. Clock running, 4.33 to go. Handoff up the middle, first down, and more and a lot more. 
He is going to take it all the way to the house. Touchdown, Swanee. That's Lou Jack Smith on the touchdown. He had 14 carries, 11 yards on 14 carries. He had 51 there. A big 51-yard touchdown run. And if there was any doubt, doubt no more. 32-6, Swanee. 4.22 to go in this one. It's not a district game. You've got a week to recover before a very good Bishop Moore team comes to the Sal in two weeks. FPC has plenty of time to regroup. Lining up for the extra point is Jace Moran. Kick is on its way. Low line drive kick is good. 33-6 Swanee over FPC with 4.22 to go in the ballgame. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. AK Tires are your fast, friendly, local tire experts where you'll score big with lifetime balancing and rotation that's always included when you purchase four new tires. Don't pass up the savings you'll receive on new and used tires, custom wheels, alignments, and repairs at AK Tires. Plus, financing is available. Easy to find just one mile west of I-95 on State Road 100. You'll always make the right call when you call AK Tires, 437-0888. Online at aktires.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Paul Langford Stadium, a long night for the FPC Bulldogs, which started with a long bus ride from Flagler County up to Live Oak, Florida. And then a lightning delay, delayed this game for what, about an hour or so? About about that. I think yeah. the, let's go to the archives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it one, was, one thing about tweeting out updates, and you can follow me at Football County, shameless plug. The lightning delay occurred. At seven forty nine, so about an hour and fifteen minute lightning delay. Four twenty two left in the ball game. Thirty three to six Swanee over FPC. Jace Moran ready to kick it back to FPC. You have Neil and Newton back to receive the kick. And a flag once again, probably another delay of game. And that is the ninth penalty for Swanee. I'm going to move it back five yards. Once again, we appreciate the hospitality of Principal Carl Mana and Athletic Director Frank Allen having us up here tonight. Yeah, definitely. Thank you to everybody here at Swanee for letting us come up here and do this ball game. We really appreciate the hospitality. And it was a lot of fun coming up to Live Oak. It sure was. And if you're in town... Stop by the Brown Lantern. Brown Lantern, good place, good food. Line drive kick, going to be fielded by Neal at the five-yard line. Up across the 20, 30, breaks a tackle there, cuts back to the inside, and they're going to drag him down at the 32. That was Coy Fryer, the backup quarterback, making the tackle. Uh, Swanee has a lot of quarterbacks out there making tackles, I'll tell you. Swanee is a 2S school, so they're a smaller school. Those enrollments are generally between 700 and 1,500, which is a big range, which is why Tokoy got moved to FPC's district. Their enrollment's about 2,700 now. 
In fact, they have almost as many kids as the other three teams in their old district combined. Caden Gonzalez back out there at quarterback for FT, FPC. He has a touchdown and an interception. Hands the ball off up the middle, breaking tackles and falling forward for about a seven-yard gain. That was Jaquan Grimes. Jaquan Grimes picking up where he left off last week. Now he's had a nice game here tonight. Pretty interesting. I don't think we saw him until the second half. That is correct. And fake it to him. Screen for Newton. Gets a first down and more across the 50 into Swanee territory. They're going to run him out of bounds at the 47-yard line. So that is a 12-yard pickup. 3.38 to go here in the fourth quarter. Newton's fifth catch of the game. Gonzalez takes the snap, looks left, looks right, going to throw deep down the right sideline. Once again to Zizak, once again complete inside the 20, down to the 18-yard line. Wow. You know what? We have a lot to discuss on the postgame show about quarterbacks. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'll tell you I'll what, it's the second big hookup with Isaac there with Gonzalez. I have thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> I have thoughts. But I'm going to make you go and listen to the postgame show. What was that, close to a 30-yard uh, completion? Low yep, snap. 30 yards. Picked up by Grimes. Gets it to about the 10-yard line. So a broken play there on a, on a low snap off the fingers of Gonzalez. But advantageously rolls to Grimes, and he was able to get positive yardage out of it. Seven carries, 39 yards for Grimes. Gonzalez now 6 of 8 for 90 yards. Hand off to Grimes once again off the right guard. Pushing the pile. Has a first down inside the 5-yard line. It'll be first and goal with F- for FPC with 2.50 to go in the ballgame. They trail this one 33-6. to six. Grimes now the leading rusher for FPC. Rolling to his left is Gonzalez. Now he's going to take it himself. Maybe got a yard on it. You know, and, and if there's talk about the quarterback, maybe there's talk about the running back too because Grimes has come in here in the second half, and he's looked really good. I think that's more a product of Marcus Mitchell has been out nursing an injury, so probably still playing himself back into game shape. Gonzalez this time hands it off to Grimes. Cuts to his left at the goal line. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Second half, it's been for Jaquan Grimes. As as he scores the Bulldogs' second touchdown of the game, both touchdown drives led by Caden Gonzalez. And Jaquan Grimes, he is making the case for a running back platoon. Yeah. Thunder and lightning. Yeah, you know, he's made at least to get more carries and maybe get some carries in the first half. I'd like to see more of a bobby ball type round and pound with these pair of running backs. Extra point on its way, and it just makes it over the crossbar. Extra point is good. 33-13 with two minutes and nine seconds to go in the ball game. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZFM, the Flagler Radio app. 
They do a lot more than just look good. They keep out the Florida heat. Hi, this is Christina with Blinds and Plantation Shutters by Jason. Verticals, horizontals, roll-ups, and the popular Key West Plantation Shutters. Anything you want, we can do it. Did you know that you can put plantation shutters on your sliding glass doors? We're family-owned, local, and we'll never send your measurements off to China. Look at our website and see what we've done for your neighbors. at Paul Lankford Stadium, Live Oak, Florida. Getting the 2023 high school football season started here on WNZF. Two minutes and nine seconds to go in this one. Swanee leads FPC 33-13. to Two touchdown drives led by Caden Gonzalez, the third quarterback we've seen from FPC here tonight. Got to be an onside kick here, doesn't it? Yeah, you would think so. As Chase McGee lines it up, and he will, a little squib kick up the middle, field it at the 25, trying to get across to the other side of the field, breaks a tackle, now he's dragged down. Noah Lopez on the return. No quitting Daniel Fish's team, though. No. No, they've come out here, they've continued to fight. The defense has played a great game. I think that's one thing You when you have a team that's a little on the younger side. These kids that come in the game, like Caden Gonzalez and like Jaquan Grimes, they're playing for playing time. They're fighting to get on that field, and they want to show the coaches and little opportunities they get early on, hey, I can be out there. I'm good enough to be out there just like the rest of the guys. And I, I see a lot of positivity and, and a lot of depth developing for fpc yeah you got a lot of interesting skill position players i like the design of the offense i like the play calling it's been aggressive just got to work on execution handoff no he's going to keep it himself try to get it to the outside does fryer he'll be pulled down after uh, about a gain of one josiah hathaway getting in there 150 to go in the ball game and it's tough because you have three quarterbacks in different stages Walker didn't get here back to FPC until the beginning of fall practice about three and a half weeks ago. Ladarius Simmons arrived in the summer. Caden Gonzalez, again, this is his third tackle football game, but he's been here the longest. So you're going to have some struggles. You're going to have some growing pains when you're trying to get three quarterbacks up to speed and figure out who is going to guide you when you get deep into the season. Handoff off the left side. Across the 40, out of bounds at the 46-yard line. That's a first down for Swanee. Fred Cook's on the carry. 68 seconds to go in the game. Clock stops for them to place the ball at the marker, and now we're rolling again. Cook's becomes the seventh Swanee Bulldog to carry the ball. We're under 60 seconds to go in this one. Maybe one more play after this. Handoff again to the le- off the left side. It's another big gain, about eight yards for Cooks. Oh, no, no let's not do this, boys. A little bit of a... Uh... little extracurriculars. Yeah. But even for Swanee, this game is well in hand, and Cooks is trying to show that he deserves some carries, too. Oh, yeah, every moment is big for these players. 20 seconds to go. 
and that is the final play of the ball game, and that's going to do it. Now all there is left to do is count down under 10 seconds. And you can hear them. They're happy here. They're happy here at Paul Lankford Stadium because their Swanee Bulldogs are victorious to open up the 2023 season. They defeat the FPC Bulldogs 33-13. to We'll be back in 60 seconds to put a bow on this one. You're listening to Flagler County High School Football on WNZF and the Flagler Radio app. Hey, it's bad enough you can't see. Then you have to wait three weeks to get your eyeglasses. Hi, this is Jade with iStyle Optical. Because we have our own in-house lab, you'll get new eyeglasses the same day or the next day. Come see us in Palm Coast in the Winn-Dixie Plaza on Palm Coast Parkway. The Eat and Play Combo is back at Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach. Available Monday through Friday, pick one of six entrees and a $35 power card, all for $39.99. Join us for trivia on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., half-price game Wednesdays, and karaoke on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Skip the rain and the heat at your home of eat, drink, play, and watch. Dave & Buster's Daytona Beach, you know you want to. I-95, exit 265 by the Tanger Outlets. Back here at Paul Lankford Stadium, Live Oak, Florida. Swanee Bulldogs defeat the FPC Bulldogs 33-13. And uh, we won't spend much time here. You're going to get the full post-game show on a very special Rich and Mike Sports show tomorrow morning at 7.30. A post-game show from the car on the ride home. Because, of course, in the words of Mike Licio... We made the trip so you don't have to. <laughs> so um, you want to give us a couple of uh, numbers to, to end this there, Mike? FPC lost by 20 points today. They outgained Swanee. Even with Swanee having a pretty big fourth quarter gaining yards, they outgained the FPC. FPC outgained them 270 to 211. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. There's going to be a lot of talk about that. Ladarius Simmons finishes the game 5 for 14, 27 yards and an interception. Cole Walker finishes 3 for 6 for 29 yards and an interception. And Kaden Gonzalez finishes 6 for 8 for 90 yards and an interception. Leading rusher was Jaquan Grimes at 49 yards. Marcus Mitchell had 45. Cody Newton had 5 catches for 39 yards. Zyquan Neal had 4 for 38. Yeah, so that's going to be a huge topic of conversation. Look, you got to like what you see from the defense. I really like what I see as far as the design of the offense and the play calling is concerned. But, uh, you know, they're going to have to figure out a way to execute better to win some games uh, going forward this year. So, once again, check out the full postgame show tomorrow morning at 730, Rich and Mike Sports Show. And uh, you can listen on the Flagler Radio app if you don't wake up that early because you're, if you're up at this time listening to this, it's a good chance you won't be up at 7.30 tomorrow morning. So if you missed the show then, just check it out on the Flagler Radio app. Once again, the final score here tonight, 33-13. to The Swanee Bulldogs defeat your FPC Bulldogs. For Mike Licio, and I can't thank you enough, Isabella and Mark back at the studio for helping us through this long night. Thank you for helping us make this happen. I'm Rich Carroll. Have a great night, Flagler County.